Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Here we are, folks. I never know how to start this. <laughs> I always start, and then you're like, "Oh wow, Christine started." So this time, I thought I'd let you start. Really? I thought I was. I thought it was the inverse where I was. I wouldn't shut up for a while. So now I'm trying no, to like, I always let you yell go. Hello, when we start. Ah, Welcome to right. the show. I'm like the uh, MC. Oh, okay. Well, MC. Yeah. Uh, uh, whoa! Wouldn't, wouldn't that <laughs> whoa. be a fun podcast? Whoa. <laughs> um it is this it's this podcast <laughs> can i tell you something what i took half an edible <laughs> and so i, I think... <laughs> think this is gonna be a great episode i really i okay first of all are you okay like did you need to take it for a reason were you having anxiety i mean i'm always having anxiety thank you for asking but i was just very on edge and i was like oh i've been trying to do really small micro doses of thing of THC because I don't really know I, I'm, I'm never one to smoke I was never one to do any sort of recreational anything I'm just kind of uh tried and true drink boxed wine you know is usually the mm-hmm. go-to but so I've been trying with like medical marijuana just to like try it every now and then um mm-hmm. and I I'm I'm liking it so far because I the only edible experiences that I'd had in the past were very bad and so I was I very cautious. <laughs> I was very cautious. <laughs> so anyway, today I was like, oh, why why not? You know, we had an important phone call call earlier and I was like, I'll just start. Anyway, so when I started going on about MC, I was like, this might be telling, very telling. <laughs> this I'm not might sure. be a symptom of my behavior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um okay, well good. I'm glad it's not it's it's not for anything uh as we say, it's it's not threat level midnight. So it's I guess currently I mean, not, no. That means I can make fun of you for being a little stoned. And oh, I won't absolutely! Feel bad about it, so. I feel like I'm just kind of um, I'm I'm learning about the different strains. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. You know, are you not feeling wine anymore? Is are you like trying to no? Make I a love shift? listen. I love a wine. I just um I wanted to. I've always wanted to try it, and I've he- I heard about microdosing with THC, where you just try mm-hmm. really small amounts, so you're not like overwhelmed. 
And I was like, I'll give that a try. This was a couple of weeks ago and I'm finally like learning more, you know. Cool. Cool, man. Well, so, um, yeah, pretty good stuff. You know? you're feeling vibey. You're feeling good. I'm feeling vibey. And I'm learning that sativa is the one that helps you be creative and awake. Because every oh. time I've tried... You don't need any more creativity, my friend. You are already <laughs> at an all-time high naturally. <laughs> Thank you so much. But the one thing that I didn't want was a repeat of... Uh, I wish I knew the exact date and year. But when I fell asleep while you were telling your story, and I was like, I really... <laughs> I'm learning that's indica because it's you remember it by saying indica couch. Uh -huh. is what indica and so i'm not mm -hmm. doing that right now or mostly ever because i don't want to fall asleep during the day very you know very telling of my parents but um this is the talk they gave me in high school about this <laughs> about is <laughs> i wish someone I, gave me this talk in high school i've known about in the couch for quite quite oh, a while oh, i um, thought you were going to be more impressed so no wonder you already knew all. i about would it. be i was impressed the first time i heard it too so I, you would have blown seven. my mind <laughs> nine okay uh i've just never had trouble getting into couch so that's like <laughs> i've like, never had to worry it? about it it's like i'm a natural high you're like a natural low you know it's like I'm, yeah together couch. we're we're perfect we're yin and yang i suppose we're mc you know <laughs> yeah that's it uh well is there a reason i guess it's not why you drink it's why you take an edible take is there... you partake um well um i'm very excited because i brought for our after chat today on patreon i br i i've spent like an hour creating like <gasps> some fun little questions and games and little things so oh my um, gosh wow is that because you're on sativa no this <laughs> But I should have waited until after because it probably would have been way more fun. But but this was before. Um, and so I don't know. We'll have we'll have like a list of just like who's most likely to or would you rather. There's like a whole little I have a sheet of uh, little fun questions and games. So for our after chat patrons, look out for that. That's I'm very excited. I did not know you put that much effort into it was, just talking to me. That's so nice. You know what? I miss you. And I was like, I haven't seen you in so long. I want to oh, really miss you too. get to know you. How are you? Eh. I'm not as uh, uh, into couch as you are. I know you're not. But like, <laughs> I, I feel like I, uh, I, I don't know. I've been having a lot of brain fog and it's making me really mad. So Okay, I even just... I had about an hour discussion about this and how we're realizing other people have been saying the same thing. Because I thought maybe it's because I became a mom. and But so many people I talk to are like, the brain fog is getting so bad. Well, I also, um, I, I know that it's supposed to be like one of the leading signs of long COVID at this point or something. Oh. Or it's like what, a lot of people with COVID, it's like now one of the top permanent oh, no. side effects. So oh um, I, I don't know if it's been since then. I've always felt really forgetful so I really can't tell the difference between now That's and the then same but me, with me I'm like I'm not like I haven't fallen from some huge height of like organization or anything right. but it just feels worse than usual yeah I just feel like I was I feel like I've always been like kind of um a little airheaded when it comes to remembering things and same um but now it feels like I feel like the level I was at, I felt like I could control. And now it feels like I'm just always five yes. steps behind everyone. And I just feel really stupid all the time. No, I know what you mean. It's like this element. I, yeah, I've had that too, where it's like I used to be able, it was like functional. Yeah. And now I'm just like, and now it's I'll, like, oh, fuck. I just totally blanked on something that I would never have blanked on before. Well, I hope it's just mom brain for you. I hope it's not a, a sign of I mean, anything. I never medical, had but... COVID as far as I know. I mean, maybe it's That's one true. of those. I mean, I've, you know, 
knock on wood, but like maybe I just had it without symptoms. I don't know. I don't but know. I, well, I, I started thinking about it because um, after all my heart stuff, I was like, it, it's so I talked to my cardiologist and was like, it's just so weird that like so many episodes started happening this summer. And like because I've had this since I was 12, but it's happened like maybe once a year and it was able to like correct itself. So it never felt like I was in danger. Like I've been living with this forever and I never had fear about it, but only this summer it just got so bad. And like, like what the hell is going on? And I actually found out that that's also maybe a sign of um, permanent COVID damage. That how had we never connected that? I mean, I know apparently a lot of issues could get worse with COVID. It didn't even occur to me. Didn't even occur to me that it's like, like, I had heard it from a million people that like COVID finds the things that are already pre-existing right. in you and just kicks its ass and like Oy. it brings it to life. And I guess that might be what happened with me because I got COVID in May right after our Toronto show. And then this whole summer has been a nightmare. So. Yeah, it all began and ended in Canada. I was I remember having more anxiety when we were on tour starting in February, but like I the heart thing was really over the summer. So I think maybe that, and maybe that's why I'm now justifying some of my forgetfulness with brain fog. So, um, or maybe I'm just fucking forgetful. I don't know. But I mean, I'm sure like psychologically COVID hasn't helped any of us with our like prioritization (laughs) and like focus on anything. Oh, but anyway, as for um, good things, because I feel like every time we ask why I drink at this point, it's just always a bummer and it's always medical. But um, a good thing, good thing. I have a Starbucks with me today. Oh, I thought which... it was that you had a dog in your apartment. I'm dog sitting for RJ, which is very weird. I'm sitting in RJ's old bedroom oh, yeah. and I'm watching RJ's dog and RJ is not in the equation. <laughs> wow. This is like one of those thriller series where you take over the identity of RJ. I know. Well, she, <laughs> well, she's uh, she's very lovely. This What's little her dog. Name? Her name's Susie. Susie. Uh, they named her. So RJ and his fiance are obsessed with K dramas, and I guess there's like this very famous um, K drama actress, and her name's Susie. So they named. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. Well, she's also a golden doodle, not the actress, uh, the dog. <laughs> Yes, the dog is not Korean, I don't think. Um, Maybe, we don't know. We don't know. Have you asked? I I haven't. I don't know if she'd say, if she said yes, I'd be like, whoa. There's bigger issues than the fact that you're Korean, because now you can talk. Yeah. Um, Um, No, but she's a very lovely dog. I didn't mean to insult Gio earlier, but I did tell Christine this is probably the most well-behaved dog i've ever met. zero it's, insult only truth being spoken it, it's very odd she like rj i think or at least uh his fiance who's actually a, a peach the more i get to know her the more i really like her i like how um, surprised you are she's actually lovely <laughs> well i say that because um so Susie has her own instagram and i was creeping on it last night and i know RJ's fiance is the one that handles it. And so I was reading through the captions and I was like, damn, this girl's funny. I didn't know that about her. Is it just puns? It's just like, she's a 10, but she's teething. Like, it's like. Oh, that's cute. That's better than the the normal puns I used to write. uh, Yeah, I just thought it was so funny. So creative. As of today, I have like a newfound appreciation for her in that category. How cute is that? I didn't know she was so funny. Um, But so, yes, Susie's very lovely. She knows all of her manners, all of her special words. Um, I can't say this without her probably hearing me and freaking out. Um, F-L-O-O-F-Y. Wait, what does that that do? It means um, like go into your crate. Like apparently she calls it her. Are you kidding me? And so if you just start screaming, Fluffy, Fluffy, 
she like lo- she's and she's obsessed with her crate so she's like oh i can't wait to go to bed i think about two so. percent of our audience just discovered they have like an intense asmr uh <laughs> fixation after you just did that multiple times into the microphone i have no way to shout it right now or else i would hear her i'd hear like the crate like fall over she's I think so excited the whispering's to get in. doing something for someone i think yeah <laughs> maybe a dog who also well, likes that word maybe the dog but you know someone but anyway, so I've got a very sweet dog here who's so far has shown no problems, except I've got this, um, if you've seen it on my Instagram, or I know you've seen it in real life, um, behind or in front of this couch, there's a footstool and it looks like a buffalo. Mm-hmm. Susie thinks it's like her worst enemy. I think like, it's a yak because it has a a yak. long hair. Aha, uh-huh, yes. Well, she... I'm trying to think yak and attack. How do I make that seamless? But uh, <laughs> she really hates this thing and keeps going for it. So uh, we've had to cover the yak with a blanket because That's it really freaks of her out. That's kind hilarious. She's like, there's a scary monster under that blanket. Yeah. And she keeps Aww. trying to like bite it. And then there's like tufts of this fake yak fur in her mouth. And it it's very gross. So anyway, I've got a dog. I've got my Starbucks, which actually is a big thing for me medically because I'm, I'm trying, I'm bringing caffeine back into my world. And Ooh. I, so I and we're testing the waters. I'm I'm just sipping on it to see if I if I react at testing all. Testing the tea. Anyway, I've got some tea. I've got a dog. I'm good. Are Life's you good? Good. Yeah, I wish I had some tea, but I do have a dog, so I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we I guess should get into some spookiness. I I guess that's what happens next. Yeah, I, I think that's what happens next. Um. Oh, by the way, I will. I just want to tease you and just um ruin your your day oh I, <laughs> the end <laughs> the, yeah no i wanted to say i found something online i was doing a little um not to panic anyone but we are like a hundred days away from christmas so Jesus i'm christ you did already, ruin my day thanks a lot <laughs> so i'm doing a thing where every month i'm doing a chunk of the people that i have to get presents for because i'm from a massive blended family and mm. everyone gets multiple gifts and it's like a, a big pain in the ass on my wallet and mm-hmm. so just to do it in smaller chunks and feel less miserable by the end of it all i'm doing some people now some people in october and so on you are i'm currently handling i get um, an early early shopping early, early access wow um actually i didn't mean to go shopping for you but every site i went on i was like oh christine would love that so you kind of live fell under into your it. brain under your fold of your brain so your i just want to let you know i found something that Oh. kind of makes no sense but i don't care and i, I want can't wait i'm very excited for you to get it that's from all. the bringer of the coffin candle and the skull purse and the, the, the dino brink. purse can they introduce me on stage like that for now I, I am right now i think they're <laughs> going to use this audio <laughs> okay good okay so anyway just know that your christmas gifts are going to be handled this i'm year. so very excited and then it'll be exciting for you because it'll be a few months later and you'll be like oh yeah <laughs> i, I really I'll be like, wow, I really helped myself out here Good by job. having this handled already. Pass me. Uh, I even have a basket in the closet that literally just says gifts for Christine and Eva. I know. So, when you uh, when we p- filmed our gift video for Patreon, or the birthday gift video in your troll hole, <laughs> that's all mm-hmm. sounding very weird, um, you, you were like, yeah, I just went through the basket. <laughs> It. yeah i i've because i just find so many things i know both of you will like so i just gave myself a designated space to buy whatever i see that you'll like i love so I, it because otherwise i screenshot it and then it's lost in my phone forever exactly. and I, so i just if it's i ever honor. see something 
I buy it right away, put it in a basket, and then when it comes to like the next holiday, and then I've when got I get a gold, when I get five gold stars, I get to pick something out of the basket. It's not a dentist office treasure <laughs> chest, but you I know, wish we can... it would be though, because that would be a really fun way to relive my past. Well, don't give me ideas because I I have enough time to build you a treasure chest, and I just like don't. I, Watch it I just be full to of toothbrushes because you couldn't think past the dentist part. You're like, it's just full of floss. It'll be like a really <laughs> shitty top or something, like a spinning top in a yo-yo. And I'll be so fucking excited. <laughs> Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options, and you can actually filter it by zones by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very very specific flowers I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought you know what perfect chance why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard I think it's going to smell beautiful and I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink on to the ghosts uh so and i say ghosts because for a while i was going through a we're back in ghost land we're back in ghost i've missed it i'll be honest I've missed it too, but I really I couldn't pull myself away from the uh, cryptids. So we had a lot of fun with it. Don't get me wrong, but I just sometimes I, I like the bread and butter. I just like variety because I 
I'm always worried that other people like come here for the ghosts. Some people come here for aliens. Some people come here for cryptids. Some people just don't fucking listen to me and probably listen to you some only. Some people don't come here at all because they're like, <laughs> I'd rather not stop at this exit. You know, and that person is everyone in my family. So. Yeah, same. Ditto. Why do they get presents? <laughs> Scratch them off the list. Actually, excellent point. They Thank don't you get so much. They don't get to pick from the treasure chest. <laughs> um, okay, so. Because I did so many lore, I was starting to get nervous for the people who are hoping for ghost stories. So here is kind of a, hmm, an amalgamation, a, an accumulation, a situation. Um, what are you, uh, Hamilton or something? What's going on? <laughs> um, okay, here's, I, I wanted to do like a, it's a lot of ghosts. Instead of just one place, I kind of handled the ghosts of a city. Oh, oh Okay. Because I feel like people are owed multiple ghosts, and I was like, well, let's just find a spooky town. Let's do it. So this is the Ghosts of Port Townsend. Ooh. I hope I'm saying that right, Port Townsend. Sounds right to me. Um, so it is, it's in Washington, um, which I've, I, I usually consider the East Coast, um, like the like the Massachusetts area, so like oh. Virginia. I always consider that the... The most haunted section yeah. yeah but i gotta say washington always seems to deliver with the spooky stuff so There's stuff in both washington and oregon where i'm always kind of taken aback like the yeah. shanghai tunnels all that very spooky I, also wait how do you say that state the O one oregon okay that's how you say it i know i've what, been saying it wrong say it? i say it like like a heart or a lung you say oregon no i say no 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 i say oregon Oh, like, instead of Oregon, I've been saying like Oregon, like like I an didn't Oregon even know there was body. a third way to say it. I thought you were talking about Oregon. No, but I did watch Law and Order recently, and someone said I'm from Oregon, and I went, I know in your life you aren't. <laughs> I have a hunch. It was like, and also no one had the audacity to correct you, You're, which was so silly. Honestly, that is kind of. I guess they're all LAers. Maybe they just don't know, but maybe. Anyway, I I feel like I just said Oregon to someone, and I was like, oh, they're from Oregon. And everyone's like, oh, I don't I think I ever picked up on it. that. I've heard you say that, but it sounds like you're just saying Oregon really fast. Oregon. Sure. Let's go with that. Okay. Okay. Well, this is in Washington, not <laughs> that place. <laughs> yeah, why are we talking about it? <laughs> okay. This is in Washington. Uh, the population is just under a thousand people. And in case anyone needs to hear this fun fact, um, it is two hours away from Forks of Twilight fame. <laughs> My brother and Dee just went there like a couple weeks ago. For Twilight or for lighthouses or for something else? Just kind of for fun, I think. They were like in the area and they they were, you know, they were like, well, that place Forks from Twilight is here. So then they went there. I would like to go as somebody who's obsessed with like sets. And yeah, yeah. I got to be honest. I'm going to probably, I don't know if I'd blow anyone's mind. I think it's kind of a mind blowing fact. But somehow I have um, evaded ever seeing the Twilight movies. Oh, so um, I wouldn't that's pretty be... impressive. Thank you. I uh, wouldn't go to Forks because I'm a Twilight fan, but I would go to Forks because I'm excited about it for Twilight fans. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But stupid yeah. question. Do you, have you read the books? Um, so when I was 14, I remember the day Twilight came into my world because I, I do too. Weirdly. At 14, I feel like we were the generation where like Twilight was the fucking game Peak. changer. Peak. I remember, so um, I've told this before, but there was a, um, I went to a very small school. There were 30 people in my entire graduating class. There was 15 boys, 15 girls. Um, 
Or so and, they thought. Or so they thought. <laughs> and one of the girls there, her name was Lucy. And she, uh, I remember the school, it must have been in the school library or one person had a copy of Twilight. And it just like, it was very cute. And I feel like very like small town in some way, but none of us thought like, oh, let's go tell our moms to go get us Twilight. But all 15 of us at one point or another, like just kept giving each other Twilight to read. And I remember sitting in my geometry class and I remember Lucy talking about this book in front of me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she handed me Twilight and she was like, dude, she was like, you are going to lose your mind to this book. It's going to, you are going to freak out. And I went, okay. So for someone who doesn't read, I actually did read it based on her. So shocking. You're like, oh, this will shock you. I've never seen the movie. But more shocking is you haven't (laughs) seen the movie, but you read the book. At 14, I think because I was in high school and already forced to read for school, I was already more open to reading. I don't know. But anyway, she gave me the book I and I did freak out and I tried to give it back to her and she went, no, 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 pass it on to someone else. And so that's- Sisterhood of the Traveling <laughs> Susan <laughs> Myers or whatever her name is. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Myers. <laughs> but so I remember reading that it really did like rock my world as a 14 year old. I was like, they get me. And then I read Zero. and I read like the second half or the, not the second. Half, I read the first half of the next book and then I lost interest. So. Anyway, I would love to go to Forks because I care about a set. I love like a good Warner Brothers tour, all that good stuff. So apparently in Forks, because my cousins are obsessed with Twilight, they actually have signs everywhere. Of, yeah. Like, like they've really allowed it to be kind of a, a tourist yes, attraction. They yeah. did. They owned it. So I would love to go to Forks. And this is two hours away from there. Port Townsend. Okay. It has water on three sides. Uh, the there's a So I think a lot of people have to use a ferry to get there. Um, which love a good water town. <laughs> the land you're gonna is... say water taxi. I was like, me too. <laughs> I a do ferry, love a water AKA taxi. Water taxi. <laughs> uh, uh, fun fact. I don't know. I just like to throw it in there that the uh, land was once uh, Skalalum territory. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Skalalum territory uh, before 1855, and then you know the USA had to do their thing. And (laughs) just be fucking horrible. Um, And then after that, it became a major shipping hub. Okay. So the there's an article that uh, was describing the town and said that it was the domain of all things working class that include mercantiles and brothels and saloons and just all sorts of general tomfoolery. (laughs) Uh, Just to give you an idea of the town, the rich people lived uptown and things were relatively quiet and safe. And then the working class lived downtown and it was very unsanitary. It was Mm. more dangerous. Um, I feel like that actually was when I used to be a tour guide in Yorktown. That seems to be pretty popular for old water towns where all of the rich people lived away from the water. All the working class. That's a great point. All the working class lived by the water. And during my tours, I hope this is good information. Otherwise, I lied to hundreds of families. But um, unknowingly, to be fair. Unknowingly. But the one of the facts that I had regurgitated from the guy who trained me was that in water towns, the rich would live uptown away from the water. The working class would live by the water because it was just the conditions were always worse. And so it was just cheaper and to live there. And they probably worked there. Worked and they right worked there. there. Um but so lobster and crab used to be like food considered for the poor because yeah, they, they would just pull food straight from the water they and it, like 
rich fed, people wouldn't eat it. No, yeah, they fed lobster in prisons often, and mm-hmm. lobster meat—they uh, were considered the rats. I think yes, the, the rats or the spiders of uh, the rats. I, the I rats think it's the rats. The ocean. I think it's the rats. And yeah. then eventually, um, when property became like when views became something that people wanted and rich people started moving down to the water, that was when lobster and crab became right. fancy people food. It's so. just like the asparagus vase all over again. It's just celery. Can't, you can't, I mean, <laughs> brain fog. It's real. Am I right? <laughs> asparagus but, vase. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so fun fact. Uh, if I would be that fucking person it. in the 18, in the Victorian era who just put the wrong vegetable in her display case. <laughs> very amelia bedelia of you i know i love that's why like, i relate why to you, her so much why don't you like the carrots in this vase <laughs> i'm sorry i thought orange and green was a better contrast <laughs> oh boy um so anyway the rich people lived up there and then the working class lived down by the water um but the people who worked down by the water also had to fear for not just like the regular sketchy people kind of coming into the town and hanging out by the water. They also had to worry about things like being Shanghai'd, oh. um, which uh, is basically these people would get drugged and or dragged uh, on board for to join a ship's crew against their will. It's like human trafficking. Human trafficking, know? fully. Yeah. Um, and then this also happened with women where they would get drugged and then brought on board. Oh, it's, or they would get, you know, brought, uh, truly Traffic brought into sex trafficking. Else. Yeah. Um, by the way, I cover Shang being Shanghai or the phrase Shanghai um, in episode uh, 111. Was it a live? Uh, I don't think it was live. No. Oh, I, okay. I don't think, I think it you was. covered it in Oregon too, right? Or in Portland? I think I did. Maybe we just maybe you just did the notes like for a live for a radio well, show. Um, ATWWD, listen. Sorry, I'm checking my own uh, to make sure it wasn't a live episode. I don't think it was though. Um, n- oh, it was. Wow, you're very good at this. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, let's talk about brain fog. You were like, oh, episode 111 was a live show episode. No, it's because I know you did the Shanghai Tunnels at the or at the Portland live show. So I figured we must have recorded it and released it as a regular episode. But I covered D.B. Cooper, I think, in that one. So if that's a big I- episode. You don't get to talk about brain fog anymore. Shut the fuck up. That was... <laughs> Um, surprise so anyway if you'd like to go listen to that uh i talk more about uh the gross system of being shanghai in episode 111 so uptown was one of port townsend's most haunted locations and one of the main locations there is manresa castle so Manresa Castle, I'm so angry at myself because i i know i've said it at least three or four times in other episodes oh but I feel like I've covered it and I never have. And one day I will. <gasps> um, so instead of giving you all the hot goss today, yeah. um, this is me finally announcing that next episode I will cover Manresa Castle because I can't do it anymore. Ooh. I, oh my God. Such... Wait, sorry. What? When, when you mentioned the forks thing and stuff, I was like, oh, I'll ask Zandy because they just went to Washington. And I said, you didn't go to Port Townsend in Washington, did you? And he said, I did. Yeah. And then sent a photo of him at the lighthouse there <gasps> so I love here, how... i'll show you um it's so sweet look at him i know so i he mean he looks so happy i guess I... uh i guess we have a weird little connection there because they I went was... like two weeks ago 
I was making a joke that, oh, was he there for lighthouses? And apparently he fucking was. I was, was. like, no, <laughs> but I guess so. Well, I guess the second there's a water town involved, I can't be surprised. That's um, true. But anyway, so I'm going to do Manresa Castle next week. I'll oh, do a little. so exciting. I'll cover a little bit here just to give everyone a taste. But I will say, I think it's also the story I cover in A Haunted Road Atlas. <gasps> well, Let me clearly I didn't check. read it. Because <laughs> clearly neither of us read our own book. I really sense we edited it, which like what a joke because there's three typos. I we're aware before anyone DMs oh, us again about that. I um, yeah, I actually found them while doing the audiobook and then they were like, sorry, it's already in print. And I was like, shit. Yeah, I was as we were doing the audiobook, I was really reading my book into a microphone and I just went, Oh well, Uh-oh. I guess since the book's in my hand, there's no way we're going back. That's exactly what I thought, yes. Um, okay, so two sixty three. I wanna make sure that I am telling everyone the truth portland oregon oh no i did the shanghai tunnels fuck i thought so see why do i think i covered the manresa castle i don't know but maybe it's happening places to check out in there that must be it i don't i'm not opening my book again but (laughs) i'm not opening another book for another calendar year thank you very much (laughs) i don't know what my deal is but uh, 254 okay no but i've seen i've seen that word you must have used that word somewhere I did I, it. It's for it's for because why I'm were you so stupid. At Portland. Thank you. It's because yeah. Port Townsend in my head was Portland. Uh huh. Um, okay. It's because it's in Washington. I was like, maybe I did the wrong city. It's the Seattle one, Manresa yes. Castle. Okay. So it stands I knew I researched this. Okay. Stands that I did. Still stands that I did not read the book. Uh, at least <laughs> all of it. I only read my part out loud. I'm not offended. It's okay. Uh, well, I'm about to tell you all about it next next week so right see i just didn't want any spoilers that's all but if you would like to um give yourself the spoilers and you happen to own our book a haunted road atlas now in stores everywhere um <laughs> you can flip to page 255 and get a little sampling of what we're going to talk quite about quite frankly next week. it's not in stores everywhere because i every time i go into a bookstore i look for it and a lot of them don't have it and i think it's because the first print sold out i don't know but let's um, say that so it doesn't hurt my feelings that's what i say in my own brain to make myself feel better um, also, I thought it was going to be sold in Target, and apparently it's only sold online at Target. Yeah, it was not sold in a Target. <laughs> I, I checked. So mad. I checked. Um, but anyway, yes, it even says Port Towns in Washington. So maybe next week I'll actually do my first reading, maybe. I'll do like a little <gasps> excerpt of our book, maybe. Audible's going to sue you. <laughs> I, like, yeah, how does that work? our book. <laughs> how does that work legally? Okay. Wow. People who wanted to hear about this story are so fucking pissed we've gotten. Tangent, in- tangent. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Anyway, we will discuss Manresa Castle in detail next week. So, uh, but just to give you a taste of it, in 1892, the main character, his name is Charles Eisenbeis, uh, and he built this home, and five years later, his son ended up uh, shooting himself in a nearby (gasps) building. Oh, God. It was called the Baker Building. And in the Baker building, Charles Eisenbeis Jr. was, I think he died in the boiler room there, and he now haunts it. Um, and he's known to spin people around and push them into walls in the boiler room. <laughs> Whoa, that's very specific. <laughs> so specific. And uh, I guess it their uh, descendant who has heard this story has said, oh, he's just playing around. But if I got spun around and pushed into a wall, I would be pissed. Boys will be boys, you know? I- <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, apparently in the building, the descendant also did, uh, renovations on the building and said that she could feel her family with her the entire time. Oh. And 
she says she felt like they at least were very pleased with the changes, which I guess is good. Um, I, I assume that's off of feeling and not not being spun around and pushed well, into a wall. I was going to say, she didn't get pushed in a wall, so she must assume they're happy. Right, yeah. So uh, that's where they haunt the Baker building next door. But in the actual castle, there's two main legends away from the Eisenbeis family. Um, one of them, I'm just going to give you a taste. I'm going to I'm gonna start the sentence, and I want you to finish the sentence, because I f- I'm so sick of this exact ghost story happening in every Ooh, okay. building. It's a so trope. It's, it's a trope at this point. So tell me if you can guess how it ends. Okay. In 1921, there was a woman named Kate and she was staying in the castle and she was waiting for her husband to return from sea. But then, <laughs> but then something happened. What, I'm what honestly you... glad this is a trope because it's such a sad story that every time I hear it, I'm like, God, I hope that's not true. It's less uh, believable considering this happened to so many people. Even the, I, I, were you on that one tour that ghost tour? We maybe it was just me and Blaze. We did a ghost tour here, and it was that same freaking story. I was like, let me guess. Also, I probably could have guessed her name was Kate. You could have just it's left literally that always blank. Kate. It's always Kate. It's and always Kate. Okay, she so what saw happened? That the boat returned without her love, her, without her love, her lover, her lover. I don't know, and. Uh, the- <laughs> This is where the edible really gets me. Okay. <laughs> so she saw that the boat returned from sea without her love, and she assumes he died. So she takes her own life only for the love to come home the day later and say, where is I brought flowers and Kate is gone. Bingo. So, okay. You've heard that about a jillion times. Not quite this. with as much... Uh, poise as i just told it i'm assuming <laughs> but you might have heard it something well, similar just to add to the trope uh there is a chance she is uh seen wearing a certain color all the time oh, you want to take a it, stab at what that a white is? dress a white fucking dress yeah um it's always kate in a white dress in the boiler a, room every now and then you get a red dress but it's usually white the mm-hmm. lady in white the lady in red blah, blah, blah. classic Oh, well, I hope it's not true because we really just were so disrespectful about all of that. But, oh, yeah, um, that too. <laughs> but it's just, at this point, like you said, it's almost, it's it almost sounds fake. Yeah. yeah. Um, another version of that, which is at least like mildly more original, is that she cheated on her husband while he was at sea and mm-hmm. got pregnant. And then out of shame, she hurt herself. Oh, boy, and that died. is a twist on that story. So that's the other version of it. But I don't know if either are true. Yeah. The second one is that there is, or that the castle was once a school for Jesuit priest students, um, and one of the students ended up hanging himself in the yeah. attic after having an affair with a nun. Oh, um, God. But there's no official records of either of these stories, and management insists the stories are made up uh, despite the place being haunted. They just think that these are the two stories that kind of explain some of the activity. Okay. Um, and that's why I said there were two versions to the Kate story, because someone might be muddling the pre-story sure. and the Kate story together, which is oh. why they think she cheated and then she jumped. And then there's the suicide either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, as for the ghosts there, just some of the activity, which I will get into later, is that lights flicker on and off. The doors open and close on their own. Glasses on the table will turn upside down on their own. Like you'll walk, walk back into the room and the cups are upside down. <gasps> That's what it was there liquid in it. Cause that would be impressive <laughs> if it gets turned over and the liquid's still in it. That would, it's like those like <laughs> shitty kids in a diner where they think it's funny to like make the, the waitress like oh, have to like lift God. the cup for the, for the, the, their change or something. What am I saying that I right? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I know what you mean, but I, 
I feel like that was a shitty thing I saw like someone do where they put I think they put like a piece of paper or a napkin or something on top and then turn the cup upside down and it caused like a vacuum. Yeah. But they but they put the waitress's like change, That's like her tip change rude. in there. So then she had to like pick up the cup and the water goes everywhere just to be able to get the change. I hope it was it's so water and not like milk or something. Either anyway. way, it's so fucking mean. I don't even know where I heard that from. I don't know. It, I never did it, but yeah, it sounds very rude. Um, just anyway, so uh, I hope that that's not what these fucking ghosts were doing. <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, I mean, go check if there's money under there. No yeah, find out. honestly, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the glasses will also just shatter in people's hands, which Ugh. I I don't hear a lot, but every time I hear it, it freaks me out. It is. It's something physical, like a physics thing that's freaky about that. One time in the 70s, a caretaker was in room 306 where Kate allegedly died. Mm. And he turned around and saw his keys floating two feet above the table and then drop onto the ground by themselves. Okay, so that kind of goes to one of those questions we sometimes ask, which is when things get moved, do they float their way there? Do they apparate and, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, teleport there? Does, mm-hmm. Is there a ghost carrying them? Are they mind moving them? So that is an interesting like maybe the ghost was trying to hide them and got caught oh you know they that were like is interesting. i'm gonna take these with me and then drop them because they got caught i don't know but you, but you know what makes it even worse though is if that's not usually how it's done and the ghost is only doing this to get their attention ew just like and f- then it lets you know it knows how to do both yeah that's worse definitely Wait. Um, also in room 306, there is said to be a female spirit in a white nightgown with mm. dark hair. Um, and they think it could be Kate, but it could also be one of the Eisenbys granddaughters. Um, oh. Because apparently she died in the building at 13. <gasps> oh, no. I will have to look into that because um, I don't know more about that. And I would That's like sad. to. There is a spirit uh, that will actually, this makes sense with your theory. There's a spirit throughout the building that likes to move guests items around and like hide them from you. Oh, so yeah, maybe that's what they were doing. They got caught. Mm -hmm. Uh, The spirit is said to also love women's shoes. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, listen, I don't shame. (laughs) Good for them. Uh, Apparently as they're looking through guests things to move them around, they will leave the drawers open. So they're like messy also. Like they're like a, like a petty ghost of like, <laughs> like we don't like, care to clean I'm going to look through ourselves. your shit and I want you to know I look. Yeah, your shit. exactly. I'm not going to be discreet about it. <laughs> um, people also hear singing in the bathroom. People smell something that either to them smells very good or really bad. Like death. Ugh. I wonder if that's based on if the ghost likes you or yeah. not. Or, or if that's like a perception thing, like that tells a lot about a person, whether you think the smell of death is wonderful or I, yeah, I don't know. Or like maybe if the spirit feels like being approached or not, will give off a different scent. Mm. Or maybe it's different spirits. One's mm. evil. We could do this all day. I know. <laughs> uh, also, people say that they have sensed someone sitting at the foot of their bed watching them sleep, which you have okay. now experienced. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not fun. Uh, the room even once had a guest book for guests to write their spooky encounters, but I guess guests got so freaked out that they didn't want to stay there anymore. So the book oh. had to get removed. Yeah. They didn't want to go everyone to go back through all the old stories, which is wild to me because I feel like a lot of buildings are able to use the paranormal as mm-hmm. a way to get tourism. But I wonder if it's like influx. when people show up and they don't know, and then they find this book, they're mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't sign up for this shit. 
interesting i see i feel like you and i are the opposite where if we go somewhere and find out it's haunted once we're there it's like oh well give us like the penthouse suite. oh yeah absolutely i'm like i already i would like to buy it please sorry hang on a second my you just caught it live but Uh-oh. my heart my heart tried to have an svt episode <gasps> and it stopped did Ooh. i do it did i make no. that happen no, no it's like i told you they're just so random wow that was weird because i felt it come on and then it couldn't happen you feel Ooh. okay now yeah oh my gosh that's freaky Ooh, that was weird <gasps> it was weird to feel it not happen when it was absolutely supposed when it was to tr- happen yeah look at that it got blocked in its path got stopped in its path yeah Ooh, Ooh. that that my I told you this recently. My my doctor told me that um, they can take away the actual episode, but the feeling of it coming on will just stay forever, which is awful. Yeah. Um, they said it was like taking like the fuel out of a lighter, but like the flint you can still oh like click it oh so like you can still click it. And my heart just tried to like click it, but like there wasn't any ability to like make the lighter go off. <gasps> if that makes wow. sense. Wow. But, oh, that was, I didn't mean to just, like, totally derail the story there. No, but I'm glad that 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 you have now proof or, like, at least some experience that it worked. Yeah, that was, it was weird to feel it try to happen, though. (gasps) That would have also been so stupid if I was like, oh, now I have to go be upside down for 10 minutes. I'll be right back. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, I guess at least for one once in my life, it, it, it we were able to stop it. Okay. Cool. I'm really impressed. That was pretty cool. Em. I mean, you know, Ooh. from a third party perspective, I hope you're feeling okay. Yeah. Well, now we know I need a minute when it happens, but then I'm good. Okay. Hey. All right. Look okay. at that. You made it through. I. All right. Okay. Whew. I'm glad we also got that on camera because I can maybe see what I look like when it happens. Oh. <laughs> I would like to know. I was like, like, do I like kind of like zone out or something? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, back to ghosts now that um, we're all in the clear. Oh, right. People stare at you while you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. I forgot. In room 302, that's supposed to be the room that uh, is underneath the attic where the priest is said to (gasps) have uh, hanged themselves or the, the student. Um, so in room 302, directly underneath the attic, people swear that they hear footsteps above Mm. them. Um, apparently there's also been an EVP caught in the attic of a man saying, I'm not here, (gasps) which is so eerie because like either you're, you have really dry sarcasm or like it, it sounds like you're trying to say like I'm not supposed to be here or I don't want you to know that I'm here or it's got some sort of eerie or like my spirit is here but my body's not here I don't mm. know it, it sounds yeah very ominous interesting yeah no it's all funky not here it would freak me out especially because I can't figure out the context yeah that it's it could be very funny like haha I'm not I'm not here <laughs> <laughs> good one hilarious um, it's like, that's such a dad joke. of like, old oh, priest humor, you know? You know how it goes. <laughs> um, so also, I will get into this in full detail, don't you worry, next week. But Ghost Adventures has done an episode there. <sighs> Thank God. I do love how, the only thing I, the reason I know that I've covered it before and why my brain was like, why, where is this episode? Why haven't I covered it yet? Or why do I, whatever. It's because I know I've watched the Ghost Adventures episode for research because I know exactly how Zach Bagan says Manresa Castle. And he really (laughs) emphasizes the Reese. 
He goes, Manresa Castle. And I wonder every- if it's because he said it wrong the first few times and then they had to be like, try again. Manresa. <laughs> You've got this, ZB. <laughs> you got it. Um, so every, I, I was like, I know I've watched this and I know I watched it four notes. So, <laughs> but anyway, Ghost Adventures has done an episode there. They got an EVP of a girl giggling and I'll talk about this, um, next time too, but just to throw it out there, um, a housekeeper actually talked to them, uh, when they were doing their walkthrough and said that something straight up punched her in the fucking face. Oh no. And a child's handprint was left on her leg. I think, I don't know if it was the same day or not, but really creepy if it was a little kid who punched you in the face. Well, but even probably... creepier if it's a grown-ass yeah, man Yeah, I was going to say, I wish, but I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, um, other EVPs that have been caught in this house are in German, oh. fun fact. So we will need you there um, on site, to, on on location to let us know. Call my manager, see if, see if I'm available. <laughs> okay, I'll text who is also my manager and <laughs> I'll be like, get Christine to the Manresa castle right now. <laughs> uh, well, apparently the Eisenbeis family was from Prussia. So that would make mm. sense. Um, also, there's said to be a ghost cat there, all this good stuff. So I will go into full detail on that next week. Cool. But another location is uh, in Port Townsend is the Jefferson County Historical Society's Museum of Art and History, which mm-hmm. is quite a mouthful. Um, and the librarian there, this is kind of an odd one. I don't know how spooky it is, but she swears by it that she found some documents when working there of a local judge, but she found them in like a really weird place in the library where they should not have been. And the documents dated back to the 1890s. And she said she felt like they were almost intentionally placed there to be found by someone. Ew. And as she was inputting the information into the computer, she felt like someone was over her shoulder the entire time, staring her down to make sure the information was put down correctly. Or they were like, what is that? And it's a computer and they've never seen it before. <laughs> it's like, how are the words showing up on this understand. thing? <laughs> uh, but so that's uh, one ghost uh, at, the his- at the museum. Uh, at Winwood's Gallery and Bead Studio. Oh, they sure. Appara- <laughs> we all got one. The Wabs. They- <laughs> what did you say? The Wabs with the silent G. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they... <laughs> They have a ghost that might also be a poltergeist um, because the activity is just so strong. And one of the things it does is literally rattles chains. Ew. Like chains that aren't there, I'm assuming. Like you hear the chains. mm -hmm. Ew, that's gross. That sounds like they're trying to be spooky and that's all they can come up with. It sounds like a black eyed kid is trying to be like a stereotype of a ghost. Right? Like, like, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? Make a chain sound. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, windows open and close items get thrown around throughout the night and apparently there's a lot of yarn there and the yarn is always found unraveled and tossed over the staircase railings oh right it's the bead studio so yeah oh yes. so that would suck so you're trying to just sell imagine your, your whole job is just like having to re-ravel. to re-roll the yarn oh my god what a nightmare what a nightmare are you like, sure they every- don't have a cat because i feel like that would be something a cat would cause problems you know that's a great question also how come you've never given your cat a ball of yarn and just put them in a room and just have, like let them go have crazy? Seeing what happens, it sounds uh, like what's happening in your story right now. Apparently, I need to go to a bead it's studio like and thrown get, over the stairs. Get the firsthand experience. Um, the next place is the Palace Hotel, which was a popular brothel in the twenties and thirties. 
It was nicknamed the Palace of Sweets. Gross. Oh! And all 19 rooms are named after the women who worked there. I don't know if that means only 19 women work there or only the 19 favorites, which feels <laughs> fucked up. 19 favorites. Um, and people actually still see women in Victorian gowns walking throughout the hotel. Oh. One spirit there, her name is either Miss Claire or Miss Catherine. I'm going to go with Miss Catherine because a shorter version of that is Kate, just like every oh, other female ghost go. in the world. She is a lady in a colored dress, but shockingly a blue dress. Okay, that's new. It's even newer because she's seen coming and going through a portrait of her in the hotel. Now that's the way to go. So dramatic. That's a Linda move right there. If oh, I've yeah. ever heard of one. Oh, you like this portrait? Just wait until you see what else it can do. And then <laughs> just 3D. walk out of it. <laughs> 4D, 4D, really. I'm sorry. It's 4D. <laughs> uh, another spirit there during a Ouija board session said <gasps> that her name was Betty and she's 39. Oh, okay. Okay. Not as impressive as walking through your own yeah, portrait. Yeah, nice try, okay. Betty, but... <laughs> Betty made herself known the best she could, I think. Yeah, she's a little more introverted. <laughs> she was like, ugh, I've, that person over there, I'm not even going to try to match no, their energy. No. <laughs> there is a housekeeper at the hotel that says that the spirits are very kind and once saw the spirit of a young boy on the third floor. And a medium who came to the hotel said that that little boy's name was Adam, and he went up to her directly and asked where his mother was. Oh, come on. That's pretty heartbreaking. That's terrible. Um, in the basement of this hotel, there I guess there was a houseless man who used to sleep there, mm -hmm. and he is still seen in his plaid shirt that he was wearing and still looks very much alive. People are shocked Whoa. when they find out that that was a ghost. Jeez. In the same basement, uh, a medium said that there's also a lot of sad energy down there because women from the brothel would go down there to bury their stillborn infants. <gasps> okay, That's it just so kept getting worse. It just, I had, there had to be a sad section to all of this. Oh, God. The medium also said that in the basement, there was um, a priest named Father Patrick who would go down there and provide last rites to these infants, oh. but he fell in love with one of the women. Oh, and boy. When they slept together, he felt too guilty that he like didn't he wasn't he couldn't be a uh, a priest anymore, or he felt like he had sure. broken the code, and so um, he can no longer provide last rites for these babies. And his <gasps> guilt is said to still be felt in the basement. Wow! So he must have really believed in his like priestly mm -hmm. duties and vow, and then that must have been a horrible feeling. Yeah. So it's a lot of reasons to be sad in the basement. Um, then I don't know where this is in Port Townsend. Maybe I, it, I wasn't, I couldn't find a location. I just know the ghost of Abigail. Um, mm. She is kind of the woman roams about the town. town. Yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, so her dad was a business owner. And when she was 17, she started helping him with the businesses. Uh, when she met a sailor named Brian and he moved into uh, the building right above one of her family stores. And they began dating in secret, which her father would have not approved because he was of a lower class. Mm. Remember, he was a sailor and probably lived by the water. Sure. And she's she's an uptown girl. Mm -hmm. um, so they started dating in secret. But when Abigail's father found out, him and Brian got into this huge fist mm. fight. And they ended up settling on that they would do a duel. No. Like ha Hamilton style. Yeah. And so... They did the whole thing where they walked away from each other and then turned and fired on each yeah. other. And they missed each other, but one of their bullets hit Abigail. What? In the yeah. throat and <gasps> killed her. 
And so now on foggy oh nights, God. on foggy nights, Abigail is seen often on the staircase between uptown and downtown, which is oh, so symbolic. That is a beautiful metaphor. Poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully all of these stories, by the way, are a complete farce and not true. But yeah, for for the for reason that they're just very sad. <laughs> yeah, they're so sad. Um, there's also, there were ghosts all the way back in even the 1800s. Um, there's one story of two men at night uh, finding a ghost on the waterfront. Uh, and his head had been split in the middle by an oh. axe. Oh, my God. Oh, no. So what the fuck is that about? What the fuck is that about? Um, and both of them, I guess, had really, like, they were really well loved in town and had um, very good reputation. So when they came into town the next day and said that they had seen that everyone believed them. So that's a story that's been carried on. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> I could say anything and someone would go, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is there's another haunted museum uh, in Washington, the Rothschild House. And like Charles Eisenbeis Jr., uh, the head of the Rothschild family got really badly hit during the depression and shot mm. himself oh geez um he's still thought to remain in the house and uh the home has stayed in the family or at least it did until the 60s and then it became a museum and many family members who lived and died in the house still haunt there and people can tell because there's temperature changes doors slam people feel stared at people it's also one of those places where people feel like sick and dizzy and they feel like fear that. and it's almost like you can they're feeding off of you and you can yeah. you can feel what they were probably feeling at some point that scares me a lot when that happens just because well a we've felt it or at least i've felt it when we've gone to certain places and it's a terrible feeling like you're not in control of your own yeah. emotions or feelings and it's i don't know i think it freaks me out too because it feels very internal whereas like mm. oh if something brushes by you it was just like on the surface but if it's like in your mind <laughs> that feels yeah. extra invasive if oh super like i can't imagine anything more violating than something yeah. in your head yeah. yeah um ironically people say that though the spirits are active here they mean no harm which okay okay, okay. well All i'll believe right. you i guess as long as i don't have to feel it <laughs> um and those are just some of the ghosts from port townsend that i can't believe how haunted that is and i can't believe my brother just went there what a fun well, little now we've Crossover. got a list a list of places for him to visit when he just needs to see that lighthouse yeah. again. I said, uh, did you stay overnight in town? Because I heard you were you covered that hotel. And then he said, no, that night we were in Forks for the Twilight vibes. <gasps> Shut up. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Hey, topical. We should have had him on here to tell us the real scoop. I'm saying. The 411 uh, of Washington. They were like on the on the ground what do they call it on the scene they were on the on scene, the scene. <laughs> they were also on the ground i think um, <laughs> unless they were in that lighthouse unless they, they were in the lighthouse or in the water <laughs> oh okay wow and that was a great one i really liked that i i love all your stories but ghosty ones are um a personal favorite you know thank you well i i hope we go to port townsend sometime and I hope we go to Fork sometime and I can freak out about all the things I never read about. But I love that, though, for you, because you've probably read it more than a lot of people. I mean, you've read it and a lot of people, I'm sure, have only seen the movies. So when I was 14, I do remember that book and like the original like neon green paperback of The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, yeah. For Those sure. two books. Absolutely. My identity was wrapped up oh, in those two God. stories. And it, <laughs> I couldn't 
I couldn't rattle myself away from them for a year. I was you know like, what book I still picture in my mind, which I don't even think I ever read that one called hmm. prep where the belt was like, it was like one of those. I never heard of that. Oh, okay. I don't know. Preppy. What is prep? it? Hold on. It was a book about like prep school. Uh, but the the cover was so like 2000, like I'm sending you the picture. It's like a lime green and hot pink. One of those belts that were different colors. Hold on, mm-hmm. I'm sending it to the Geo's Trio. Um, and you pulled it through. I don't know how to explain it. It had two links, like two metal links. Oh, I, you are kind of pulling something out of my brain there. But I, I never had interest <laughs> I in that one. used to have those belts. We all had those belts. I, know. I don't even know what they're called. But wow, were they so stupid. No, I, and I never even read this book. I just very specifically remember that looking at that belt and being like, that is a, a, a memoriam to the early aughts. There was a book. There was a book. <laughs> it was called Bad Girls or Bad Girls Club or something. Babysitter's Club. It wasn't Babysitter's Club, <laughs> but I remember the word bad girls in it. And I it was it was in the children's library. So I imagine like the most bad thing they did was like smoke a cigarette or something. Yeah. Oh, God. But I, I remember my mom saying that she'd even read the book. So it must be like when she was a kid. So it must be oh. from the 60s or 70s. And I remember a copy of it being in our school library. And this fucking i'm sorry she was a b word which i don't (gasps) use often but she was fucking awful the main character no no not in the book a real person in real life she was our she was our school librarian she was so goddamn mean and she had in the book no but uh, for many reasons she was truly actually a horrible person and uh is it this book sorry hmm did you send me the text i just sent it to the group that must uh, maybe I really don't remember what it looked like at all, but it had like a it had a co- a cover to it that had gone missing, so I it was oh. just like a black book with the name from, on it. That was released in 05. so I don't know. I don't know. I but this this book, all I wanted to do was read it, and like I even remember thinking then I don't really like to read. The fact that I want to read, I like, should be encouraged <laughs> the by the librarian. Be happy yes. about that. And she refused to ever let me touch that book, and Why? she was like. She just said, like, oh, it's too... She, to be completely honest, in hindsight, she was a raging conservative. conservative right. And, uh, but she told me... I remember trying to check out the book when I was, like, seven. And she was like, maybe when you're older. And then I tried at eight. She was like, maybe when you're older. I don't and think then she you're said, allowed to do that. Well, then she said, because fifth grade is, like, the end of elementary school for me. And so she was like, maybe when you're in fifth grade and you're older. And I was like, I can't possibly get older in elementary school to yeah. a point where I can now qualify to read this book so at fifth grade i finally asked like hey can i read this book and then she said like oh no i don't think it's good for you maybe when you're older and i was like girl i'm going to another building now i'm never gonna come back here honestly you should go back i okay so i did in eighth grade i was like (laughs) i went back just to be like i'm gonna read this now and then she went you can't and i went then take it out of your yeah, system. Why like have it there? I mean, I hated her. She also had a very specific vendetta against divorced children. Oh and yeah. We had some of those, uh, she not saw, divorced children. We had those too, but we had some people with the vendetta. She, uh, she saw us as like broken or yeah, from broken so homes. Fucked up. And so she would pull all of us aside and like very condescendingly try to let us know that we're important. And I was like, Ew. She was awful. She also put me in detention one time for eating carrots. I'm not kidding. And she didn't have a better reason. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, they just gross some people out. And I was like, what is going on? Like carrots? Like you have a problem with carrots? In the Bad Girls Club book, apparently. Like what? Anyway. What a very specific niche. 
you know who you are, and you know that you're not liked by a lot of children of divorced <laughs> you know homes. You are. Just know that we still talk about it. Yeah, and as another person who who's from a divorced home and trusts M's uh, opinion of people implicitly, I also don't like you. So there. I literally never use the B word about a person. I can't even say it. I can't even say it. You but haven't like, even said it. <laughs> but this, but this person was just, just had Here, such. I'll say a it. Crisis. You're a butthead. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone needed to say finally say it. She was really just so awful, and it's not even like my ten year old brain thought it. And now that I've grown up, I would. I'm being dramatic. She really like was out to just. It's she was just of- a. A miserable person who wanted other people to be miserable, too. Yeah, it's scary to look back on people from our childhood and look at them now as adults and still realize, oh, no, they were actively harming people. Yeah, you there know? are some people I can look back on and I'm like, OK, I get it. But I get it. Yeah. You still have a lot of a lot to answer for. <laughs> Consider this your call to arms. <laughs> By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant and cushions with easy assembly and disassembly. This is the perfect thing for your outdoor space. They also just launched a new standing desk, co-pilot with adjustable height, a durable scratch-resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever. I'm in the market for a new desk, um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark. And of course, there's Burrow's legacy seating collections like the Nomad and Range, now available in new colors. And M and I, that's like the only piece of furniture I think we actually share is our Burrow sofa in the podcast department. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, um, I hope you're still listening because I got a great story for her. Um, <laughs> Is it about a children of a, of a broken home and eating carrots or God, something? I would never touch something so scary and dark. You know me oh, better than God. that. Oh, God. What a nightmare. So this is the story of the abduction of Denise Huskins. And it's a relatively recent story. And it was when we were like out of college and like starting grad school. So I I wonder if you know about the story. 
Um, so we'll so see. far, no. Okay. okay. We'll see if you like catch, catch on because Blaze knew what it was sort of when I mentioned it. Okay. So Denise Huskins, she was born in 1987 and she met her boyfriend, Aaron Quinn, in 2014 at this nine month physical therapy residency where they were uh, both attending. They were in Vallejo, California, um, and both work as physical therapists. So Aaron had recently broken off his engagement with another woman after discovering she had cheated on him, uh, but he was still living with her. So his ex-fiance was still in the same apartment. They were just living in different bedrooms. Um, Oh, awkward. So awkward. But, you know, it's like Vallejo is like Northern California, I think. So imagine the prices on uh, breaking up a fiance and then having to move. (laughs) Fiscally makes sense. Fiscally makes sense. Um, So... He told her this. Um, he told Denise that he was still living with his ex-fiance. But uh, basically, he said, I'm interested in you. And they clicked pretty immediately and uh, fell in love very fast. However, after a few months, uh, Denise discovered that Aaron was still texting his ex-fiance. And she didn't feel great about it. Okay. So she confronted him and said, you know what, like not in a mean way, but just like, you know, it feels like you're torn. It feels like you're still pursuing your ex and I want you to make a choice. Mm. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. An ultimatum. Yeah, basically. Um, and, And she said, you know, I want you to commit to me or, you know, we're breaking up. Not in a, again, not in like an aggressive way, just like you have to decide if you're in or out, you know? Yeah. No, it, that totally makes sense. Like I would like open streamlined communication in this relationship. Where do you stay on? Yeah. No secrets, you know, no secret conversations. And so his ex fiance moved out. He said, I'm all in with you, Denise. Um, and will you come over and we will talk it out. So they had one of those nights that I have had with many not many partners, but I've had with partners where you're like early on in the relationship, you stay up all night, like either coming to the same page or argue, not arguing necessarily, but just like figuring it talk. out. Yeah. Figuring yeah. it out. Um, I don't know if that's just like a me thing, but I feel like I've been in that situation before. So they spent all night in a very vulnerable conversation. And um, at the end of the night, they both felt like they were, on good terms, they were like, we're going to stick together and make this work. And they were very happy with the way their conversation had gone. So Denise and Aaron curl up in bed together. And again, they're at Aaron's house. Um, and they're relieved that they talked things out and they are looking forward to their future together. Okay. That's <laughs> nice. Is, that is nice. That's like best case scenario. And now here comes worst case scenario. That night, after they go to bed, after their long talk, March 23rd, 2015, around 3 a.m., Denise is in a deep, deep sleep when she is awoken by somebody, a man, saying, wake up, this is a robbery, we're not here to hurt you. (gasps) And she said she was just hoping it was a dream, but the man repeated the saying, the phrase, and she realized after he repeated it multiple times that this was uh, a real-life invasion. And there were people in her bedroom. Okay. I guess his bedroom, but where she was sleeping. Terrifying. Terrifying. So at this point, Aaron is waking up as well. And the way he described it, I listened to a 
criminal podcast did a two-parter on this and they actually interviewed the two of them um and he explains that he woke up and was just so frozen with fear but he was staring at the ceiling and could see like the kind of light that the intruders were holding and there were also red lasers like from a gun you know what i mean like oh um, shit like they could see the red light uh from from a gun moving around the room so so wild uh the same voice which by the way was this kind of robotic voice like very like measured and robotic and Mm -hmm. pre-planned was reassuring denise as she forcibly tied up aaron so they said take (gasps) these zip ties they're instructing the voice is instructing her take these zip ties which you know we don't like the zip tie thing uh and bind aaron's legs and hands and while she's doing this this voice, this robotic voice keeps reassuring her and saying, you are doing a good job. You are staying very calm. Oh. Like this monotone robotic voice. That's so uh, like uh, extra. It's cold, sinister. Sinister. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the right. It feels more evil, I guess, because you can't even relate to hearing a human voice. Like I, I know that like it wouldn't be better if like, some strange man's voice was saying this, but I feel like you have no way of connecting to a person so, when yeah, they take even the voice away. Exactly. Or and Denise said this, something really similar about the fact that it was so kind. She said it was almost Eerie. worse because they, it felt like a manipulation tactic. Like we're being yeah. so kind and gentle to you, but we're also like forcibly invading your home and it's like the, you. It's like the evil smile of yeah, like, yeah. you're, you're like it's almost like you're trying to comfort me you're like playing a, on it on in a complete crisis you're causing yeah 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 so it's like extra dark um so as she's tying up her boyfriend they're saying you know you're doing a great job just super creepy and then they make denise walk across the bedroom to the closet and as she walked and was looking at the floor she noticed there were two sets of legs so she knew wearing all black so she knew there were at least two intruders okay one of them made Denise put on a pair of swim goggles and then they duct taped the goggles over her eyes to blind her. Wow. Okay. Ugh, I don't like I hate that. that. Um, he was careful not to pull her hair with the tape. Once again, this like gentle theme of like pulling her hair out of the way to make sure it yeah. doesn't get caught in the tape. Very gross. And then he put, <laughs> this just gets weirder and weirder. He put headphones on her. Oh, for complete de- deprivation. Like no. Complete- no sensory what no they played calming music and it had like what? a voiceover on this <laughs> tape on these headphones was it a was it a, like the same microsoft sam voice? yeah so it's the same guy <gasps> and he says so he the, pre-made a track he pre-made a track a mixtape for this occasion I feel like at this point it's got to be the the fiance already so it, it's like already so it feels like it's got to be someone who clearly cares about her and doesn't want to hurt her. And is like very specifically trying to make this less traumatic as if you could do that. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's not, I don't want to like, the it sounds well, like there, the, uh, there, there becomes a, a big kerfuffle around. Okay. Whodunit. I was going to say, so I don't you're in the right, s- like uh, you're in the right headspace of whodunit, you know, okay. We're okay. I didn't want to like this, but there t- is an answer that, of, at the end. So this is not an unsolved. Cool. Yeah, so don't worry. You'll you'll get the at least the the reassurance of a, of an answer. Jeez, okay. So, it's playing this calming music and then the same robotic voice said things like stay calm, 
We are not here to hurt you. Which, by the way, sounds like an alien to me. I was about to say. Doesn't it? Like speaking in a very creepy voice and trying to make you feel calm, even though there's no way you feel calm right now. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, exactly. It's like very um, clinical. Yeah. Some sort of like. Yeah, I don't like it. Icky. So it says, we are not here to hurt you. This is not your fault. We are here purely for financial reasons. This will be over soon. And so this is just what she's hearing in these headphones in the closet uh, alongside like soft instrumental music that's meant uh-huh. to be calming. Uh-huh. So Denise uh, recognized that all this comfort was an intense manipulation tactic. And it was, like we said, even more terrifying Because it was like the burglars had planned this whole thing. It wasn't like, oh, they just stumbled upon a house that they could break into. It was like, we knew what we were doing and we prepared for it. Even the psychological aspects of it. Uh And uh, then she realized that uh, they knew Aaron's name because they... I was going to say that earlier because you said, oh, tie Aaron's legs up. But I thought... I thought you were just letting me know that it was Aaron's legs. No, not that, like you they were did, quoting it. Yeah, they did say, you know, tie up Aaron's legs and hands. And they told Aaron himself, turn over on your stomach, uh, Aaron. And well, so that's what I'm, that is okay. So this is someone who clearly cares about like trying to talk them through this dark situation. This dark time. <laughs> this dark time they've created. And yeah. also they know Aaron. So mm, I feel I like I already know the answer, but it's I'm weird. probably not right okay it's weird so this is like this manipulation tactic they clearly are psychologically like prepared for what's going to happen they have a mixtape they already brought with them all very disturbing then the voice said that he was a medical professional and that he would use a concoction of nyquil and diazepam to sedate the two of them and uh fun fact diazepam is valium clonazepam is clonopin uh and i think I don't want to say it wrong. Ativan is Alazip? No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. This is not a fun fact that I know benzos. Sorry. Alazapram is Xanax because that's what I have. Okay. Okay. Then I don't know what Ativan is. Um, Anyway, so she's in the closet. This voice is going over saying, stay calm. And then the next thing they do is say, we're going to drug you. But don't worry. I'm a medical professional, which I guess is supposed to be. Once again, are you Googling it? I was. Does it say? Um, well, I said it. I said it. Xanax is alprazolam. And alprazolam. then Adivan is lorazepam. Lorazepam. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. Fun, I was, fun fact. I wasn't going to steal your thunder, but I wanted to no, be able I'm to give you, you the. No, I'm glad you figured it out um, before we got a bunch of tweets being like, you don't even know your benzos. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So. Anyway, they say, you know, stay calm. I'm a medical professional and I'm going to sedate you with uh, Valium and NyQuil. But I'm a medical professional, so it's all okay. I guess I was supposed to be calming. He even um, took their blood pressures. (laughs) Okay, so like fully either committing to the act or is actually a doctor. But also if you were a doctor, why would you be doing that? Like that does it like if you were a doctor robbing someone, what's the point of checking their blood pressure? It's just a weird thing to do no matter what. But he also asked questions about their medical history, their allergies. And he said, 
are you on any medications that might interfere with the Ativan or the NyQuil? And it's like, why, why do you care? It seems like he genu- genuinely cares whether... I feel like maybe like the other guy that was clearly involved in this had yeah. to be like... like Bob, we're robbing yeah. them. Like, get out. Like, we you need to leave. <laughs> leave work at the office. Like, we've got to. He like got pulls to a steal the money. blood pressure cuff out of. Damn it! I thought we got all the got rid of all those. He like was hiding a blood pressure cuff on him. He's like, oh my oh, gosh, this is so funky. Okay, Isn't it weird. It's it's very weird. It's one of the weirder ones I've done. So Aaron and Denise drank the sedatives because it was like Nyquil mixed with um, uh, Valium. Diazepam. Also, it feels like you have to like almost trust what the voice is saying because if they're just gonna are they just like drinking it on their own instead of it being forced down mm-hmm. their throat because so then you're just have to blindly trust oh, yeah. that it really is that combo not like arsenic or something yeah yeah you don't actually know i mean yeah you could easily be lying um but i'm pretty sure in the criminal episode she said that they said if you don't drink it we, we will inject it so oh god this poor fucking girl yeah okay. it's like it's like what's worse you know neither one's good but trauma i can't imagine exactly so aaron and denise drink the sedatives and then the voice starts grilling them for their bank account information and at first you know denise is like okay that makes sense they're trying to steal our money and she's still hoping this is just a robbery even though at this point it's like clearly they're in in it for way more than money there's getting way involved with this uh-huh. couple for for some reason mm-hmm. and so the voice asked for their bank account information, even their iTunes password. Like, that's how thorough, which, by the way, I'd be dead because I don't fucking remember my eye. The, like, the number of people who don't know their Apple ID password, which is everyone on the planet. So I don't really <laughs> understand how this was so effective, but I guess it worked. Their because iTunes. Can I ask what the point was? of Like, what were they going to find? They just said they were trying to rob them of anything and everything they could any dime they could possibly have i i guess i'm not totally surprised by that because if this person is like uh, is i'm gonna roll with this person is actually a doctor or in the medical world in right. some way i just immediately associate those people with like a type a personality and like mm, having lists for like everything. overly prepared <laughs> hello they literally had their own like fucking soundcloud or something playing so like it sounds like they <laughs> Wait, thought yeah, through... that's probably why they want the itunes password they're like i want to download this on as many people's napsters as possible we need to subscribe well i i feel like it feels like they beyond over prepared so i'm not surprised they probably had a checklist of like everything down to an yeah. itunes account like that's it, it was like a long list so they clearly mm. had sat there and gone and you know i've done that before when i'm budgeting and i'm which is a very rare occurrence but when i'm budgeting and i'm like what do i pay for every month and then i just keep thinking of things like five dollar yeah. donation to this or like mm-hmm. oh that 9.99 i pay for netflix or what have you so i wonder if you just sat there literally came up with every possible subscription you could have maybe um, they have a subscription to like true bill or something where it just shows you a list of oh, you every just service well, that is promo code drink because uh Do- this is not an ad but i tell you they're a great service <laughs> not meant to be an ad but also like very but also good on you true bill <laughs> yeah so they're asking for every single password including itunes passwords and more um again being eerily quote-unquote considerate the voice asked denise if there's anything on her phone that she doesn't want aaron to see and she's like no and he's like okay then i'll give it to aaron but also and- okay wait but so fucking considerate of like oh do you have any like any nu- any nudes or boyfriends, something? any nudies on there you don't want him to see and she's like, like why on no? earth would someone care about like if you're i 
this feels like you know how the um those stories you've covered of like the nicest robber in town or something yeah 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 yeah. he's apologizing the whole time (laughs) he's at least thinking like hey like before i ruin your relationship any further yeah 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 exactly let me help you get rid of like your the dms or something or you know Like, I'll just close out the DMs before I hand him the phone. It's so strange. And it, like, flies in the face of every crime. Like, every uh, it's like, violent it's like ro- robbery we Like, they're doing of. physical crime, but, like, they have such a moral compass. And yes! It's the it's weirdest, very odd. weirdest combination. And it just doesn't add up, you know? And so he takes the phone to Aaron and he starts quizzing him on even more personal information. He wants everybody's name, everybody's information. Um, and this whole time, Denise is just praying that like, okay, please. Like she, she knows I think subconsciously, but she's praying that this is just a burglary. Um, and then the voice picks her up and I'm saying the voice as in like whoever is behind the voice. Like Jarvis is just <laughs> hanging out somewhere. <laughs> So the voice picks Denise up and carries her downstairs and lays her on Aaron's couch. He asked if she was comfortable and she said she was cold. So he put a blanket over her. Then the voice went upstairs to Aaron. And when he came back, he told Denise, there's a problem. (laughs) First of all, she's probably like, yeah, no shit. Uh, You also goggles to my face. There is certainly a problem. Again, she must have. I I hope this doesn't sound victim blame because that's not that's not what i'm trying to do here but it's interesting that she felt safe enough to like address that she was cold because i feel like if someone said like if someone broke into my house and then was like is there anything i yeah, can like help yeah, you with yeah, yeah. i'd it's be like yo i'm good if i'm alive i'm okay please I don't, don't even hurt me. think it's like on her i think it's almost like this intruder was clearly so good at disarming her you know what i mean yeah. like or maybe she was trying to connect or with that it, or maybe you know? she was playing know. along and didn't yeah. want to get you know in trouble so to speak yeah, yeah so so he puts a blanket on her then he comes back down he says we've got a problem here and she's like no shit but basically they say to her we thought you were jennifer aaron's ex-fiance because <gasps> <laughs> remember she had just moved out I also like who I'm sorry, who the fuck are these people? Because they're now <laughs> also like, I thought you were Jennifer, my bad. So like now they're admitting to the person uh-huh. they're doing all this to. They're just like they're like, well, now that we have a, a cute back and forth, now that we've got this rapport, <laughs> I feel like I should let you know this was the original plan we and thought I you fucked were Jenny. it up. Oopsies. Yeah. That's basically how this whole thing goes. Holy so they go shit. they go, We thought you were Jennifer, and they even asked Aaron, like does Jennifer look similar to Denise? And he was like, yeah, they both have long blonde hair. And they were like, oh man, we got it mixed up. And so Who very- are these people? What the fuck is going on? And it's such, such a batshit story. So it's, it, it, I don't know. What is she supposed to do with that information? She's like, does that mean I get to go? Does that mean you're going to kill me now? Like, you know, Denise doesn't know what that means. Oh, we thought you were Jennifer. Um, the voice calmly told Denise, I'm going to take you hostage for 48 hours. And he then explained how this was going to work. He explained the process so for how. Now you're in the fold. You're, you have to yeah. play along with us. You're Jennifer for now, just temporarily. So they say, he says, we're going to transport you in a trunk. And then we're going to transfer you to a different trunk. And then we're going to take you to a location and, and kidnap you for 48 hours. But don't worry. <laughs> You'll be fine. I'd be like, can you? Okay. I wouldn't even know what to say to that. We're going to take you hostage for 48 hours. We're going to tell you every step of the way what's going on. We're going to take you in the trunk. 
And get this, Denise says, can I use the bathroom before we leave? And he's like, sure, of course. And he just lets her go to the bathroom by herself, like with, you know, just says, I want you to have privacy. So <laughs> thank you for respecting you so my much. privacy. It's so mind boggling. I finally these... don't feel violated by yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah. How polite. And so then he finds her overnight bag that she had packed to stay at Aaron's and grabbed it along with her purse and glasses to make sure she had all her belongings. And on their way out, uh, Denise asked for the blanket because she was shaking so hard. She was like, can I bring the blanket? And he apologized. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. We didn't notice how cold it was because we're wearing wetsuits. This guy really unhinged he's got to just be the worst criminal there ever was (laughs) he is he's in that dumb criminal book but it's just him it's a book is only about him because this is next level like is he is he trying to because it would be fucking sinisterly genius if he was just throwing out facts like this to throw her off and he was never in a wetsuit or something he was in a tuxedo Uh Uh-huh, you get it. Or a Speedo, and he's like, yes, I do know how cold it is because I'm naked right now, but I'll never tell you. (laughs) Yeah, so he says we're in a wetsuit, and she actually said um, in the criminal episode, she said she thought that was very weird, but actually Aaron thought it made some sense because um, they were right on the water. I guess uh, the town Vallejo is like right on the water, and there are uh, ways you you could escape like via waterway. So So they plan on like they're escaping a big, like a swimming situation. So that's what he said. Maybe he said maybe that's why. So that is what clicked in Aaron's head. And um, Aaron, because he lived in this town, so he knew. And then he also said maybe it was a way for them to avoid dropping DNA by basically Mm. just covering their whole bodies in a wetsuit so that they wouldn't, you know, shed any hair or skin cells, etc. So either way, um, they give her the blanket because she's cold and they put you in, put her in the trunk. And then they say, um, we're going to close the trunk now. And so Aaron is inside and he can still hear this. And so he hears them say, okay, Denise, we're going to put you in the trunk and we're going to close the lid. And he's just helpless inside, like hearing his girlfriend being taken away. Oh my God. I like, wow. Trauma, 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 trauma. And so they put her in Aaron's car, the trunk, take Aaron's car and basically just spirited her away into the night uh, in the trunk with her blanket. And she was mm. heavily sedated at this point. And so she's trying to stay awake, but she's drifting in and out of consciousness. She's in pain because she's crammed sideways into this trunk. Sure. Um, and of course, her mind is like racing with all the possibilities. You know, are they going to set the car on fire with me in it? Are they going to What's going to happen to my boyfriend? Me? Yeah. Have like... they killed my boyfriend? Like any possible number of horrible things that could be going on. Um, and speaking of boyfriend, meanwhile, Aaron's back at home and this time he gets voice uh, headphones. And so what? he gets a set of headphones on him. And this also has a pre-recorded message. The pre-recorded message explains that they were kidnapping Jennifer, but then they had to put like the little brackets and say, Denise, you know, like all of a sudden they put like, they had to rewrite it. Like last a minute. correction. Yeah. Like how our book, we couldn't correct the typos in time. That's kind of what happened. <laughs> it's like, it's already... God printed into my soundcloud so i can't change it now <laughs> but just imagine every time i say jessica that or i'm sorry jennifer that i'm saying uh denise is uh-huh, what i okay. imagine they told him so they said we're sure. kidnapping denise for ransom and they had very explicit instructions for him they said his phone computer and house were all wired and if he tried to call the police they would hurt denise and hurt his family they said they knew everything about him and gave him instructions on receiving phone calls and emails from them 
And it said, you will pay $15,000 if you want to get Denise back. Mm. So this is what this SoundCloud recording is saying into his ears. So eventually, Aaron, who had also been sedated, passes out. And when he wakes up, he immediately follows the instructions that the voice had left him. He exchanged emails and texts with this mysterious intruder uh, who told him to wire over two separate payments of $8,500 because I guess that was the cap of like where you'd have to report it, I think, $8,500. So it was two separate $8,500 payments. Again, um, talk about being type A. Like, the yeah. fact that they knew that. Like, like they really did it. their research. Yeah, it's weirdly researched. But then um, could not execute with just announcing your plan great half the point. time. Great point. Greatly executed until, or greatly prepared and not well executed. And so, uh, as they had instructed him, he called out of work and then he texted Denise's boss and said, oh, she had a family emergency, so she won't be coming in today. This is what they told him to do. Okay. Finally, he's so desperate for help. He doesn't know what to do because he's been told not to dial 911. And, like, think about it. His fear is, I call 911. What if they kill Denise? They're like, well, you broke the rules, you know? And he doesn't want that, obviously. So he calls his brother. And it just so happens his brother is a special agent for the FBI. (gasps) They didn't research that, I bet. They clearly didn't. And he said, "If, uh, if they saw that I was calling someone, I would just say, oh, it's just my brother. And they could confirm it was his brother, but, uh, you know, they didn't realize that he was uh, working for the FBI. So he calls his brother and his brother is like, we got to call 911. We need like the whole police force behind this. So as soon as the police arrived, they unfortunately acted suspicious of Aaron. So they asked uh, if he was on drugs. Can you imagine imagine calling your brother and being like, I need help? And then they go, what did you do? Yeah, exactly. They're like, well, we think you should go to jail now. Thanks for calling. Um, <laughs> so they are suspicious of him. They ask if he is on drugs. And he says, yes, they, this intruder drugged me. And they're like, so you've been partying. And he's like, no, oh, I'm not partying. I've been drugged by force. I can't imagine thinking you finally like have a way into getting help. and uh-huh. Just getting, I can't imagine the, the panic too. Like not just like the frustration of not being heard, but the panic of like, you're not taking this seriously. And my girlfriend is fucking taken. Somewhere. It's like one of the most infuriating things. I feel like we see with, with true crime when people, when victims are not taken seriously or taken at their word, it's like just painful to watch and read about. And so, yeah, they're, they're like, Oh, so you've been partying, huh? And he's like, no, I'm not partying. I've been drugged by an intruder and they took my girlfriend. Then they uh, asked if he was drinking. He's like, no, I have not been drinking. Uh, And they're acting super casual as if like he didn't just tell them Denise's life was on the line. Um, They wandered around the house a bit. Then they asked Aaron if he'd been fighting with Denise. And uh, pretty quickly, Aaron realized, oh, wait, I'm not a victim here. I'm a suspect. So they take him to the police station and they take his clothes as evidence um, and put him in prison sweats almost immediately as if he's already, you know, there. And they sent in a guy, which, by the way, I want to add to that. Apparently, he did not ask for a lawyer because he had seen on so many shows and stuff that um, if you call a lawyer, you're guilty. You know what I mean? Like only the guilty ones like immediately lawyer up, so to speak. And so he didn't call a lawyer right away. And I want to point out right here, folks, you have the right to an attorney. It doesn't matter why. If you're in that position, call somebody Um, because they can really they know tactics to make you say whatever they want. 
Yep. Uh, it's just a scary situation to be in, I imagine. So, you know, just, just, just a little PSA. You can always call for a lawyer. So they're asking, they're acting like he's a suspect. They put him in police sweats. Um, and then they bring in a guy named Detective Matt Mustard. Uh, is he related to Colonel Mustard? That's my uncle, Colonel Mustard. <laughs> it's like nepotism. I know, right? Because he's he ends up. I don't know if he was sergeant at this point, but yeah, he was Sergeant Detective Matt Mustard. Is what his okay. name is. So this is just Colonel Mustard's like prequel. I his, think so. His arc story. Okay. His 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 villain arc. You'll see why. So oh shit. Okay. Yeah, we don't love Matt Mustard, despite the awesome name. Um, so meanwhile, Denise was transferred from Aaron's car to a different trunk. So like second location basically in the trunk mm -hmm. of the car and then ended up blindfolded at a strange house. The voice tells her to shower and give her some and gave her some privacy. And he said he didn't want to quote dehumanize her more than he already had. Oh, thanks. Finally. Thanks so glad you lot. care. Yeah, really. I mean, I wonder if this is how Stockholm syndrome happens. Cause I'm like, this is so twisted, this mind game, you know? And I wouldn't blame her. No, not at all. So meanwhile, Denise is at this new place and she takes a shower and has the privacy during this period, at least. Um, well, she doesn't really have privacy, but he he's acting like he's giving her privacy. Uh, and then the voice explains to her. And remember, this whole time, she still has the goggles on and duct tape over her face, so she can't mm -hmm. see. And the voice tells her that he and his colleagues were part of a highly organized group that collects ransom for people in debt and with other needs. Okay. So basically, like a black market, they said, for helping people get out of debt. But like... Hmm. they're the good guys it's sort of i imagine it's sort of like a robin hood thing where they're like we're taking money but we want to do it as painlessly as possible and we're doing it to help people i don't know is what okay. the vibe was to me sure um he said now this is where you will probably laugh because he said it was his first mission he ever led with the group and i think that <laughs> tracks <laughs> I was going to say, why? What a, a surprise. 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 He is like basically face palming because he's like, oh, I thought you were Jennifer. And, you know, he already. Well, admitted. the second he said wetsuit, I feel like the guy <laughs> in the other room went, are you fucking no. kidding me? Like, was like, or the like, clearly the second guy did not like, pr like fact checked or QA the, uh, the audio when he's yeah. like, I am a doctor. It's like. <laughs> Dude, what like, are come you doing? on you don't have this much creative freedom we told you so he said a week ago they had already been in aaron's house and that would have been before denise was staying there so they're like we had already scouted the house which is also creepy to think that they had already been in the house mm -hmm. before and just like left without touching anything yucko hate it there i just it's super violating super violating and they said that night they were going to do more and attack that night, except there was a heavy local police presence. So they postponed until this this night. So he told Denise that the members of this group he was in were highly skilled. Some were ex-military. She had no idea at this point what to think um, or like what he was even going to do to her. He yeah. left her alone for a while and then came back and said, we have another complication. Oh, now, what? It gets pretty dark here because he tells her, um, you know, we thought you were Jennifer, as 
<laughs> she's like, I fucking know already. Um, and we had collateral on Jennifer. We knew we did our research. We knew all the kind of things we could hold against her as collateral damage. But and we don't have anything against we you don't to have... not rat on us. So now Correct. we have to kill you. We have to rape you and <gasps> a video of it as collateral what? damage. That's what oh he says God. to her. He says, one of the men is going to have to rape you. Or I'm sorry. He said sleep with you. But, you know, I'm using the proper verbiage here. Um, and he says they they would record it. And if she tried to report any of these details, then they would release the video as blackmail. And she's thinking to herself, OK, release it as blackmail, but it's rape. So, like, why would that be, you know? Right. But right. so he tells her in order for it to not look like assault, I want you to make it look consensual. <gasps> and so she's put in this position, like for where she said in the uh, criminal episode that she felt like she was acting for her life, like trying to make it like, not make this person angry that she was like faking her acting quote unquote, but like obviously still being brutally attacked. So how do you so wait that that happened? Did it actually happen? Oh yeah. So they, Oh my God. I don't know who I think it was the main guy the voice he raped her and they taped it and said we have this now and if you try to report any of these details you know we have this footage and we will say it was uh oh my god and so he said this was the collateral in case he messed up another quote mission and they said it was collateral. He's like, don't worry. It's also collateral against me because they can show if I mess up a mission, they can show it to my fiance and she'll think I'm having an affair. Like what? I would Im- fuck. I would immediately just show everybody. Just punch I, uh, him in the I, nose. I can't. Oh, my God. That. Oh, my God. I thought this. I thought I was I was working off your energy and everything seemed like it was playful up until now. It was. Like, like, oh, I mean, not playful, like, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, less... I thought I was, I was, I was expecting to hear at the end of this, so like, oh, either she was in on it or the boyfriend was in on it or something. Okay, and well, this wait. was all a, a, a hoax. Well, wait, there's more. Oh but my wait, god, there's more. So okay, so she goes through this horrific trauma on top of everything else, and uh, he says, "But don't worry, it's also collateral for me for me because they'll show it to my fiance if I." Uh, to out me as a cheater if I mess up another mission. Um, and he even told her, big yikes, that it was more of a punishment for him than it would yeah, be I, for her. You know, I, that's just like, yeah. I mean, I can't even, that's forget. I it. heard it. I heard it the first time and I yeah. went, fuck that forget guy. It. Yeah. Um, and it went on like this. Uh, the voice clearly liked to think of himself as kind and really like a gracious host almost. Uh, he gave Denise movies to watch. He at one point even got her pizza and wine for dinner, like brought her wine. Um, And he tried to joke around with her. He told her she was strong and admirable for the way she was handling the situation, um, all while like simultaneously dehumanizing her and assaulting her, et cetera. And it's like those two, that dichotomy is so disturbing for some reason, because we expect a criminal to act in a certain way. Yeah. And it just doesn't line up in our minds, I guess. It just makes it extra creepy. Um, Meanwhile, Detective Matt Mustard is interrogating Aaron and they played a clip of this. Uh, he basically tells Aaron, this is a verbatim from the transcribed interrogation recordings, quote, 
Listen to me for a second. The story you're telling here, I ain't buying it at all. There ain't no frogmen came into your house. Nobody dressed in wetsuits. It didn't happen. That didn't (gasps) happen. Uh, He told Aaron he knew that Aaron had killed Denise. Uh, He said, maybe it was an accident, but we know you killed her and we know you know where she is. Oh, my God. And they're like, and Aaron goes, you have my phone. Check my phone. And they go, not one person has reached out to your phone for ransom. And he's like, well, shit, like. If they were reaching out, then maybe it would be proof that, you know, this is real. Someone else is out there. Uh, And so they say, you know what? Since we confiscated your phone, nothing's come in. So he's just in this horrible, horrible position right now. Um, And despite hours of interrogation with detectives insisting to him that he killed uh, killed Denise. And at this point, you can see uh, once again, for the millionth time, how easy it is for someone to be coerced or manipulated in a, in a high pressure situation like this, especially mm-hmm. say they have like, uh, you know, learning disability or they have, uh, you know, a certain thing riding on on this or yeah. who knows what. But like for mental illness, whatever it may be, you could see how like forcefully people get pushed into answering a certain way. Um, and so for hours and hours, he's like denying like I did nothing to Denise. I did not. And so like I said earlier, he was afraid to ask for a lawyer because in the cop shows, it looks like, oh, the if you lawyer up right away, well, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. You probably had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, he wanted the police to just trust him and he felt confident in his story. So he felt like he didn't need a lawyer, um, but they just did not believe him no matter what. So instead, they got the FBI involved in the inter- interrogation. And unfortunately, the FBI also said, hey, we need you to just confess to what you've done because we know that you what? harmed Denise. And what the hell? They said, I feel like this story that you're telling is just way too off the wall to be real. Okay. And they said, we're going to call Denise's family now and we're going to tell them we're looking for her body. And (sighs) they're trying to pressure him, basically. They even told him he had uh, failed a lie detector test without, like, showing the results. Like, they were really pushing this. Um, But Denise's parents were dumbfounded. They were like, "Uh, we don't think Aaron would hurt her. Um, And I want to point out, like, an interesting fact here, too. They've only been dating for seven months at this point. Like, this is a very fresh relationship. Um, so even though the family didn't know him that well, they were like, no, I don't think he would have done this. Something's not adding up. So, (laughs) um, it just gets weirder. So meanwhile, the kidnappers are watching TV and they say the news and they see that Aaron has been arrested on suspicion of killing his wife, Denise. So they contact the kidnappers, contact the San Francisco Chronicle And they release a statement to take credit for the abduction. They even recorded Denise's voice saying she was alive and safe and released it to the public to to take credit for the kidnapping. To brag. Yeah, to be like, no, 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 he didn't do it. We did it. Not even to brag necessarily, but to say like, oh, no, Aaron didn't do it. Like they didn't want him to get the credit. Yeah. (laughs) Or they didn't want him to be in trouble. They were like, oh, yeah, because they're so fucking kind. Yeah, because they're so gracious. And so they're like, oh, no, 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 that wasn't Aaron. Don't worry. That was us. And guess what? They think Aaron is setting this all up behind the scenes and pulling the strings. They what believed... did Aaron do for the entire police force, including his <laughs> brother, know. to be so prepared to have to, like, 
go in on him. Well, you know, there's this like trope of the husband did it and you hear such a whack out story of like, oh, this guy played a meditation into my ears. And I mean, I feel like if someone's going to like, like try to trick the police, like at least pick something like believable, right? Yeah, it seems outrageous. I feel like the more unbelievable, the more I'd be like, well, that's original. Like, I would like to think you're not that stupid that you would say that to us if you want us to think that this is a real good cover-up like yeah yeah it feels like if you were going to cover it up you wouldn't be like anyway they were also in wetsuits and they played the soundcloud mix right like Like, i think you'd pick something like like inconspicuous that would be hard to track or something but we do hear those stories where the people who did do it come up with the most fantastical like that's true reasons so i'm sure they've heard it all as far as like how they got in possession of this gun or how like you never know I feel I still feel like the brother should have been able to hear panic in his brother's voice and so, taken it seriously. No, the brother, that's the thing, fully believed him. Oh, okay. It, so the brother wasn't the one who said, you know, he called the police because he said, we want to make sure we find Denise. He sure, didn't okay. call the police thinking, oh, my brother has done something horrible. Okay, so for what it's worth, and I think I mentioned this later, but they actually did try to convince his brother that he was having a schizophrenic break. And his <gasps> brother sat down with him and went, no, he's not. Like, mm-hmm. I know he's, I know him and I know he's not having a schizophrenic break. So, you know, nice try. Boy. Um, so they still think at this point that he's sending himself scheduled emails and texts posing as the abductors and called the San Francisco Chronicle and made all this up. So the detectives contact Aaron's brother, Ethan, this one I was just telling you about, and they tell him, oh, it's a psychotic schizophrenic break. um, And he killed Denise because of this psychotic break. And so Ethan gets to Aaron and speaks to him and is like, no, it's not. I know my brother. It's not. And thank God he had the wherewithal to secure a lawyer for his brother, for Aaron. Mm -hmm. So finally, Aaron has a lawyer, gets released, and meets with police later. And this is when the police didn't even make this point, but somebody on his team noticed that his phone was on airplane mode. And they're like, well, no shit, you haven't been getting any contact from the kidnappers. The phone's on airplane mode. So they take it off airplane mode, and a flood of emails, texts, communications, voicemails from the abductors come in. They must have been wondering on the other side, like, why isn't this fucking guy? They were. They were like, I mean, they left so many voicemails. He said that his voicemail inbox was like full. They just couldn't even access it anymore. And uh, so basically, I think one of the more infuriating parts about this, too, is that they Aaron later found out that if they had been tracking these calls, they would have been able to pinpoint where the phone was coming from. Oh, that's just I can't even imagine. And instead, they just turned it off, essentially. And just didn't. So, like, if they needed to find her, they could have traced the phone and, you know, probably rescued her. But anyway, so basically all these flood of texts and emails come in. And guess what the police say? You caused this? You 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 must have just sent these from a different email account. Or phone. So what does he need to do to, like, like prove it literally to literally walk on water. I have no idea. Like, I think this is one of those where it's, like, they've decided something and they're just digging their heels in no matter what. You know, like, like la 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 plug in their ears. Because like, they must have been so busy with other cases. They were like, we just will find any excuse to not have to deal with no, this. No, I think it That's was like they how- got their guy in their mind and they were like, we will nail this guy for it. You know what I mean? Like, 
they oh were just God. so focused on putting him away for it that they just refused to accept any other. And there were reports later that they absolutely ignored evidence and just barreled through. I, some One of um, the officers actually later sued, uh, f- sued the police station Good. or the department because for wrongful termination because I guess he had been questioning what was going on and uh, he had been asked to, to delete text messages <gasps> off the phone. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. So, like, really, really, really bad cover-up stuff. Um, so, anyway, they oh, they turn the phone on, and they're like, well, you must have just scheduled all these hundreds of voicemails and calls and texts. And meanwhile, uh, the kidnappers with Denise are like, why the fuck won't this guy answer the phone? We told him to talk to us and to follow our instructions. Yeah. And so, so the next morning, March 25th, it's only been 48 hours since the abduction. But now they would now, in theory, they're going to release her. Yeah. The voice drops Denise off in Huntington Beach at a public bathroom and leaves. Sets her free. Sets her free. And she gets out and she's looking around and she's like oh i'm in huntington beach so like southern california near los angeles and she realizes oh this is where my parents live so she's like i'll go walk to my mom's house but unfortunately her parents were in vallejo because their daughter's missing and so Mm -hmm. they had flown up there so she's walking around and she manages to find one of her neighbors and has them call for help so around 9 30 p.m vallejo police uh Public Information Officer Lieutenant Kenny Park, uh, under the supervision of Chief Bidu, held a press conference. And this is where, like, I just want to scream. But he tells the media that police now believe Denise and Aaron had worked together to orchestrate the entire abduction simply for attention. So full-blown victim blaming. Full-blown. Full-blown victim Like the definition of... um, I'm going to read you this line from the press conference. Uh, It's infuriating. Today, there is no evidence to support the claims that this was a stranger abduction or an abduction at all. Given the facts that have been presented thus far, this event appears to be an orchestrated event and not a kidnapping. Mr. Quinn and Ms. Huskins have plundered valuable resources away from our community and taken the focus away from the true victims of our community (gasps) while instilling fear among our community members. So if anything, it is Mr. Quinn and Ms. Huskins that owe this community an apology. Is that not mind-blowing? I... (laughs) It's like... When some... When someone becomes an arsonist, if it's for if it's for a situation like I would want to burn the whole fucking department down. I would yeah. be like, I'd be oh my god, I would go on a spree. I would not know how to. I wouldn't even know what to do. Yeah, when he it's and it's so hard to imagine. Like he's describing his Aaron was describing his anger, and he's like, I've never been so angry. He was just shaking, but he's like, there's nothing I could do. Like nothing. You're just cornered. I can't imagine. And that poor fucking girl. The poor okay. The poor guy, Aaron, who is so desperately trying to get someone to save his girlfriend. Yeah. And can you can you imagine the guilt later when he finds out that she was R worded and 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 on top of it, like his phone was on airplane mode. So I'm sure part of him thinks like if I answer the phone sooner or something. Well, that's the thing. It's like they could have potentially tracked the phone before she got raped and saved her. So it's like, you know, there's no way to know, obviously. And then they say that they. Uh, but like, because oh, she's alive, it's sort of like, well, it all turned out fine, you know, and it's like. So also no. you owe us an apology. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so they're basically saying, well, isn't this convenient? She shows back up. 
And uh, having just escaped from this fucking nightmare and just hoping, like, finally I'm free. And she even described it like I wasn't sitting there, you know, I didn't realize I would have to be sitting there going, what can I do now in my kidnapping situation to later prove that this really happened? Like, she said she went through spirals where she was like, should I have, like, gotten more injured? Like, would an internal injury have proven that? And then she later realized, like, no, nothing she would have done would have convince them like no amount of bruising would have convinced them right because you just hit yourself or yeah 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 they could explain it away i mean he's apparently calling himself over and over you know did she did they ever get justice ever yeah so well so it this is still on this there's more okay but wait there's more um so denise was reunited with her family uh only to find out not only did she have to now recover from this trauma but she also had to get a defense lawyer to fight criminal charges because the police department is now leveling these charges against them for wasting resources and not only that but now her reputation is like destroyed because they've tanked because they've gone on record the police are saying they she plotted her own kidnapping now this is when we get the name of this case which is the real life gone girl because (gasps) they dubbed denise one of the reports dubbed denise the real life gone girl in reference to the book and movie about the woman who fakes her own abduction and the media went absolutely nuts and to the point that uh detectives on the case started calling denise gone girl instead of her actual name well also like <laughs> how demeaning on top of everything else oh, we can't even say her name absolutely like talk about dehumanizing once again um but so i had mentioned this to blaze and you know what's terrible is when i started researching this reading up on it i was like oh right that woman who actually faked her own abduction because that's all i remember yeah and blaze when i mentioned it too i said do you do you know about the real life gone girl case and he's like oh that woman in california who invented her whole abduction and i'm like no because that's all we all heard like all we heard was oh my god can you believe this lady faked her own abduction we never heard the update of oh hold up she didn't fake it right oh my (laughs) god the story stuck like for me at least and for blaze we both remembered it as that Oh, that crazy lady in California. Can you, can you imagine? Like, it just like really makes probably her and me also feel that like, oh, so the police won. Like they totally covered it up to a point where now like her reputation was already sullied and they like made sure to like completely get her in a nickname and everything. We're like, yeah. no it's one like will it ever just know. Stuck as that story. And I think it just wasn't as compelling when they found out, oh no, this was real. I just think that wasn't as compelling news. And so people didn't, People picked up on the first part of, oh, this woman faked her kidnapping, and then nobody really got the correction, you know? Oh, my God. Because, I mean, I'm embarrassed as a true crime podcaster. I'm like, I thought she invented the whole thing. Like, I didn't even realize there was this update to it where it's like, oh, no, they tried to make all of this believe she invented it. Mm. It's just really sad. And so... They call her Gone Girl, and she had, by the way, not even seen the movie or read the book. And she said (gasps) she later did, and that's when she realized, you know, no amount of bruising myself or hurting myself would have convinced them out of it. Because in the book, it's so wild that she's like, yeah, anything I would have done, they would have explained away. So Aaron and Denise started writing down every detail of what they had. I mean, they're being gaslit every five minutes. So, of course, they write down every detail of what they could remember of this nightmare. Uh, while it was in their minds to use in their defense down the road. Uh, And so Denise confided in her lawyer at this point that she had been raped and Mm -hmm. he contacted investigators for a rape kit immediately. 
And of course, this is not going to go smoothly either because they tell him, oh, well, we don't have time today. So just make sure she sleeps in her clothes, uh, a.k.a. the ones that she had been held captive in and raped in. So and, incredibly triggering uh, yeah, objects just right like, in front of just, her. Just don't change your shower and sleep in those and we'll do the rape test in the morning. Like how oh dismissive God. and horrid. Um, the police, for what it's worth, deny that this happened, but Denise and her lawyer insist that it did. And I think if um, anyone's been proven to be more trustworthy, it's it's her. Yep. Uh, and so it's just a mess. And she had told the police at first, no, I haven't been raped. They asked, were you raped? And she says no. And later her she confides in her lawyer that she had been. And so of course they use that against her and say, well, you said you weren't. She's like, yeah, but I was also threatened with like this tape that they were going to release. You already didn't believe me. Like I wasn't going to confide yeah, that like, in explain, you. Explain, explain to me why I should Just at this point, trust you trust at all. Trust you with my trauma. Yeah. So exactly. So the were lawyer, there, do we, I, this is so stupid to, I don't know. Were there women working on this force? Um, I don't know. I just don't know it's if they were like possible. part I mean, of the problem. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I don't know either. I mean, I'll keep my mouth shut about. But yeah, never mind. We we'll, we we all know how we feel. We'll about go there in an after chat, maybe. Okay. Um. So they say they're going to do a rape test in the morning. Uh. And they're like, just have her sleep in her uh clothes that she's been in for you know seventy two hours or whatever. So now Denise, on top of everything, is being publicly persecuted by the media. They're calling her like this horrible, horrible person who's, you know, mm. just clearly unhinged and like all this horrible shit. And she later said, quote, you go through something like that. And every moment, every ounce of energy is about how do I live to see another second? That is all you can think about. The last thing that you're thinking about is if I do survive, I need to make sure that I'm believable. Like, oh, my God, you shouldn't have to think that way. So on March 26th, uh, the kidnappers, <laughs> they decide they are just so sympathetic to Denise's plight. Uh, okay. And they decide they're going to contact the media again and clear things up and say, no, no, no. It was us. We did it. Wasn't Denise. Uh, they even provided photographic evidence of the room where they held Denise and said, look, here's a photo of where we held her. Okay. And the police still insisted that Aaron and Denise were the ones sending these photos and that they were just digging the hole deeper and adding more layers to this. When in reality, the kidnappers are like, yoohoo, I'm right here. Here's a photo. And Sick. just not nothing they could do was going to convince them. A uh, few days later, on March 28th, the abductors again contacted the newspaper with more details attempting to clear Denise's and Aaron's names. <laughs> They're like, it's not even necessarily about the credit. It's more like, no, no, they didn't do it. <laughs> like, I wonder. Did it. I wonder what the like, what the criminals were actually thinking this whole time of like, wow, should all four of us just team up together against the police because like we it's really want so this credit? Weird. Holy. It's so weird. It's like you got away with it, you know? Yeah, like, like you'd think you got away with it. Go, leave. You'd but, think they, you would never hear from them again. Exactly. They, hmm. And it's almost lucky they did because it's like, well, at least someone was on their side and it was a kidnapper. Like, you yeah. don't expect that to be the person who's rooting for you. Right. <laughs> Certainly not. So even stranger, on March 30th and March 31st, the abductors emailed the police department directly demanding that the police publicly apologize to Denise and Aaron. <laughs> what is going on here? I don't know. It feels like so, a bad circus. 
Which, like, I, I am very aware of, like, the fact that they, like, tortured these people. Yeah, There's they, like, caused here. the whole thing. But at the same time, it's, like, now you're, like, opting out of, like, not being the villain in yeah, some what? way. Where you're just, like... I mean, I know it's for their own gain of, like, oh, they want the credit. But right. it's, like, how are you being more helpful than the police? It doesn't... It's just the strangest like turn of events. That police department should be so fucking but embarrassed. Honestly, that might be part of why they were like, what fucking criminal would do this? Obviously, there's some, you know what I mean? Like, that's almost where I can see, like. Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to be so helpful that they're hurting. It's, yeah. yeah, it's almost too ridiculous. It's like, in what planet have you ever heard of the criminals calling multiple times to force the police to apologize to their victims? Like, it's right. just You're such right. a bizarro thing that I can see a little bit why people would get, like, I don't, I'm not saying the police had any excuse for the way that they handle this at all, but I can see why people who read just the cold facts would be like, hmm eyebrow yeah. raise about like okay your kidnappers are calling the police and demanding an apology on your behalf yeah right that doesn't seem feasible which it doesn't but apparently it is uh, uh amazing it's really wild it's really wild um so they're like you need to apologize to them and the police are like no we still think it's them so through the next couple months april and may denise and aaron are just trying to hold on to their sanity, hold on to their lives. Um, they were hated internationally. And I remember when this went viral and I was like, what a sicko who does this? Like, I really believed the headlines. And I remember thinking like, what kind of sicko fakes their own kidnapping, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, think about all the real victims. And I guess I was part of the problem. I guess. I, I mean, I, I feel like they did a really good job of taking the narrative away yeah, like taking true. the they power away. Yeah, they didn't really have much say. Um, so internationally, they were hated. There was this merciless public who thought they were like sick in the head, thought they were liars. Um, and now they are preparing to be prosecuted for a crime they didn't commit. And the only thing on their side were their families. And I guess I would argue also the kidnappers seem to be on their side. Uh, it's a weird thing to argue. Yeah. But like <laughs> at least 1% is Doesn't like. Doesn't make sense. But here even we if are. it's. Even if it's for personal gain, they're at least being somehow more helpful or <laughs> at least a they're try actively trying. I don't they're understand trying it. They're something. We don't really know what's going on. Um, wow. So they have their families and Denise and Aaron both said that family support is what kept them going um, as well as their love for one another. And I guess it's it's good they were still in that honeymoon phase seven months in because they, uh, they had their love for each other and they held on to that. Um, also talk about trauma bonding. Like oh, if they were for sure. If they weren't close before, they are now. Exactly. So when all hope seemed lost, um, there was a breakthrough that changed everything on June 5th. Around 3.30 a.m., The Voice attempted to attack another couple. This are you time fucking kidding me? In Dublin, California, which is about 30 minutes away from Vallejo. Do you think it was on purpose to be like, well, if we couldn't get credit for that, you know, we better get credit for this? That's a great question. I wouldn't put it past them at this point. Right? To be like, well, clearly like, we stop, have to do stop, it again. It's me. Call the police. Oh. Stop, stop. You know, God. I don't know. So they tried to break in. Um, but this time it seemed like the voice was alone. The husband fought back and the voice had to flee, but dropped his phone on the way out of the house. Are you fucking kidding Which, me? Which again, makes me think either he's a worse burglar or he's just trying to get them to notice him, you know, <laughs> and like get, get the credit. Uh, so he drops his phone, and so police were able to track its owner, a guy named Matthew Muller. 
And at first they get a hold of his mother who confirms like, yes, that's my son's phone. And this guy, Matthew Muller, he is a mm-hmm. former U.S. Marine. He's a summa cum laude graduate and a Harvard Law School alumni. Wow. So, okay. Or alumnus. But I, first of all, he doesn't seem to be a medical professional. So I don't know what that's about. He must have lied about that. If he's just dropping his phone everywhere, I feel like he might be dropping his murder weapons everywhere. I feel like if he's a doctor, he's dropping a scalpel everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's he's apparently a lawyer, but not a medical professional. So I don't know. Um, but okay. a new detective, Misty Karasu, went along on Matthew's arrest at his family's Lake Tahoe cabin. And there she found squirt guns with laser pointers taped to them to, to look like <gasps> the rifle, you know, laser interesting and so she's starting to put things together she sees swim goggles covered in duct tape with blonde hair stuck to the tape and she knew no one in the recent abduction in the dublin california abduction had blonde hair and Uh she's like okay well he must have and she hasn't put this together yet but she's like he must have done this before so she tracks down matthew's car uh which was stolen to an owner who lived near him like a neighbor and she began putting pieces together and remember seeing this gone girl kidnapping on the news so she googles gone girl kidnapping and Mm. finds out about denise and aaron and she reaches out to the vallejo police and the fbi who quickly respond and they find in Matthew's cabin one of Aaron's stolen tapes where he'd held Denise hostage. So they find the address where he released Denise, programmed into the car's GPS, and they're like, okay, I think finally we have enough proof that this is the guy who did it. Oh, my gosh. They basically have that Huntington Beach address in his GPS. So they're uh, like, okay. So Good. they're like, well, clearly... This is our guy. Mm -hmm. So surprise, surprise, Denise and Aaron were telling the truth all along. And, you know, even in even in the beginning, when we were hearing the story, it really does seem like, I don't know. This person clearly like cares for Denise or has some sort of ulterior motive or knows them. Now it makes me wonder that, like, maybe they just really need the money, but they felt so bad about it. Like, maybe the guilt was really seeping in, but, like, was the guilt really seeping in when all of a sudden they were R-wording her? You know? Exactly. And they're doing it again now at a different place. Or to have the nerve to be like, oh, you can shower by yourself or you can go to the bathroom by yourself. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but also (laughs) let's assault you sexually. Like, are you kidding me? Yes. And it's like, was the group real? Was mm-hmm. it just him? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But so we, we find out who... Oh, yeah. So, so sorry. So this guy, he's law school, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so now this this misty detective, she's putting this together. Um, and finally, the police have to face this fact that, hey, they were telling the truth all along. They have to go back on their theory. So okay. Matthew was charged with kidnapping in federal court and in state court, he was charged with two counts of forcible rape, robbery and burglary. He was convicted and sentenced to 40 years in federal court and 37 in state court. Um, he will serve the sentences concurrently and will be released in 40 years. Uh, so despite Aaron and Denise insisting that there were other people involved in the attack, police didn't press to investigate these claims any further. And Matthew said he acted alone. So either he's lying and covering, or he's covering for someone. He's covering for someone, or he was alone and 
he just fooled them into thinking there was more than one person because apparently they also found like blow up dolls at his house and they were like what maybe when she saw legs like maybe he was trying to fake that there were other people in the room i have no idea it's it's just so weird that i can't really wrap my mind around it but then who are these other people why on earth are they involved and did he have like i mean did he give a reason no it's so strange i really thought by the end of this i was gonna have a reason (laughs) it's just (laughs) like like what okay so we have an answer question mark but it doesn't make sense feels like he's definitely covering for somebody like i i I guess, I but then the second attack, he was by himself. So it's like, but I don't know. Maybe he got help the, go? the first time around, and then the second time, maybe he was the only one so desperate for the credit that, that he was like, go- "I'll go again." Yeah, I guess that's true. But like, was it was that whole group thing real? Of like, we're a black market group who is ex military and we help people in debt. You know, that's what he claimed. So I'm like, is that real or is he just making all that up? It seems pretty wild, but, like, then again, all of this seems pretty wild. So, yeah, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. But so, yeah, Matthew claims he did it alone, uh, even though Denise and Aaron were like, I promise you there were other people in the room. So, like, who am I to say they're wrong? You know, I mean, if they saw or heard other people. If no one else is believing them, we believe exactly. you. We might as well believe what they're saying. They were right about everything else. Yeah. So basically at this point, Denise and Aaron have realized they'll need to somehow make peace knowing their other abductors are still at large and will likely continue to hurt people. If mm. if it's true that there were other people in the room, then they have not been caught and could still be doing this. So when asked in an interview how they feel about Matthew and his sentencing, Aaron said he never wanted any gratuitous punishment for Matthew um, that bordered on hatred. He said it was enough that Matthew was removed from the public so he can't hurt anyone else. So it's almost Mm -hmm. like they don't even hold this like, you know, vengeful feeling toward him. They're sort of like, just get him out of the streets. What a nice way to go about that because I, I would be... I would never recover. No, I mean, me I'm neither. Sh- I'm sure part of them never recovered, but like what an honorable I'm way sure to it handle this. You. Yeah. What a very mature way to look at it because they said, you know, the sentencing isn't about hurting Matthew, but about protecting other people, which is very like higher road, high road, <laughs> that, very you know? high road. Very and I wouldn't blame uh, them mindful. either way, you know? Um, no. And so Denise said she felt empowered at the sentencing when she gave her witness impact statement. And she was able to like, look at Matthew because this whole time she had had these, goggles she didn't know what he looked like so she finally Mm. got to like look at his face and uh tell him how much he hurt her and share her story and she believes she made him really see her and it was just a very empowering moment for her um the vallejo police department sent denise and aaron a private apology and promised to release a public apology once matthew was charged well surprise surprise that didn't happen Mm -hmm. um and so several of the fbi and police detectives instead of apologizing have been promoted in recent years uh matt mustard himself was named officer of the year in 2015 and uh, I did a little quick googs and found out he's been in trouble for some racist jokes. So what? I say jokes with heavy, heavy quotations. Uh, and so, you know, clearly there's some just some trouble happening all around in this department. If I seem um, over them, well, I think we all know why now. Mm. If I've seemed anti-Vallejo City Police this entire episode, <laughs> now you know why. 
I think we all are. (laughs) I hope we all are. Okay. Um, And so Denise and Aaron sued the Vallejo City Police and settled out of court for two and a half million dollars. And you know what? Something that I thought was really interesting is Aaron mentioned in the interview as well that um, he just feels so fortunate that they had the resources they did because they had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for their defense lawyers. And Mm -hmm. he was saying like, you know, I was able to sell my house and we were able to take out of our parents' retirement funds. Um, And at this point, he was only 30. So they were very young. And um, he said, you know, we had these resources and we were able to defend ourselves. But like he just said, he's now developed this newfound, like, just respect or not respect. That's not the right word. Like this newfound desire to help people who've been, um, you know, imprisoned unjustly because maybe they weren't believed by police or they didn't have the resources to hire a good attorney. Um, And so he said that really just you know, changed his perspective. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, fortunately they were able to make their way out of this, but in December of 2020, former Vallejo police captain, John Whitney filed a lawsuit against the Vallejo police department over wrongful termination. This is the guy that I uh, Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier. I forgot that I had this bullet in here. So here's some more information on that. He said that during the investigation, he filed multiple complaints against officers for the way they handled the Denise and Aaron case. Um, He said all of his complaints were ignored, and he claimed he was also instructed, as I said, to delete text messages relevant to the case to destroy evidence against the department, which is just so blatantly wrong. Like, at that point, you can't say, oh, we just misunderstood. It's like, no, you are intentionally fucking with the case. Yeah. It's it's yeah. horrifying. And still no apology. Interesting. No, certainly not. Um, they did end up giving a half-assed one, but... What, they probably went, sorry that you're mad at us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry you feel that way. That's, like, my mom's biggest pet peeve when people say that. Um, in 2021, Denise and Aaron actually wrote a book. They published a book on their experience. It was It's called Victim F, From Crime Victims to Suspects to Survivors. And wow. the book tells their story in excruciating detail. Um, And they found this experience of writing a book empowering. They could finally tell the narrative that like they knew to be true, that they Mm -hmm. had taken away from them, like you said earlier. And it wasn't until media outlets started to reach out to the Vallejo Police Department uh, on the eve of the book's release that the department finally issued their short, half-assed apology of, sorry you feel that way. (laughs) Sorry you read the book and have a different opinion. Yeah, exactly. You're seeing it differently. Um, so for what it's worth i guess they sort of said sorry um aaron said in a recent podcast interview that the apology didn't really mean much to them uh obviously understandable he and uh, he and denise believe actions matter not words they said they don't want an apology they want the vallejo police department to make real actionable changes to make sure Mm -hmm. no one is ever victimized or abused by police the way they were yep and Aaron says, looking back on the way he was interrogated, he now believes there must be thousands of innocent people in prison. Well, yeah, could have told you that. But yes, thousands, probably more innocent people in prison in the United States um, who either confessed falsely or are there because of a hunch that couldn't be, you know, police couldn't be dissuaded uh, about. And he said the only reason he didn't give in to the kind of psychological mind games they were playing on him was because he knew if he just gave up and uh, said, yeah, you're right, you got me, I hurt Denise, then nobody would look for her. And so he said the reason he never just gave in and admitted is not because he just 
was strong enough. It was just that he had this reason. He said, I wanted to make sure we found Denise. That was the only reason I didn't give in. And I imagine if she had been found dead, maybe he would have said, whatever, I did it just to get out of the get out of this like mind game you know and so he said just the fact that she was still missing and in peril he said i wasn't necessarily stronger than anyone else in this position i just had this motivator this like outside motivator to keep saying no someone has her you have to find her wow i'm glad at least one person was looking out for denise and i feel bad that no one was looking out for aaron that's a great point it's like you're blaming the one person who's like pushing to find her it's so yeah twisted blame, blame the advocate sure. yeah so disturbing well he hopes that speaking out on his experience will bring comfort and motivation to others who have been wrongly accused and imprisoned in the u.s um, by corrupt investigations and denise hopes that she will empower other rape victims by unflinchingly telling her story and you know what there's a happy ending to this in that the couple are now happily married um they both still work their dream jobs as physical therapists and they are raising a daughter together and they're very happy together and you know they said that this experience was awful obviously but also made them stronger and they uh held on to each other through it and are still together so Wow. And it could have been so easy for them to pull away. Yeah. I imagine that uh, she even said, like, you know, people always say, wow, that would have torn a lot of couples apart. Um, yeah. But somehow they made it through. So, yeah. Wow. That's the real life <sighs> Gone Girl case. The accurate telling of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not the media one. Well, wow. Oh, my God. That's so sad. It is sad. Um, and, and it's just so scary. stupid. It's just so stupid. Like, the fact that like this this guy could have been caught. I mean, I, we've been talking about it for the last literal hour, but like the fact that he gave so many clues and he, he like, was waving like he it's me was straight up with a bullhorn saying I'm yes. guilty, and then the police are like, <laughs> "Looks like Aaron to me." It's like right. what the fuck. Oh my god. Well, I hope wherever that couple is, I hope that they're okay. I, I do I, too. They deserve a hug. They deserve all the happiness. And this is why I did these notes and then prepared with an after chat session. So I'm very excited to do that with you. Thank you. Well, I, um, I'm i very excited about that. But also, I for a second, thought you were going to say, and that's why I drank. And I don't know why we've never just ended episodes like that. Like, Isn't that how we end episodes? Like, no, but like just like... At oh, the, to just say... At, oh, wait, I like just, that. Just, um. just to sum up a story and just be like, and that's why we drink. Like, wait, why have shit. We... That's so clever. <laughs> 300 episodes in. Fuck. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. We really should have had like one meeting before we started a podcast. You but... think? <laughs> no. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. Well, anyway, from now on, if you don't know how to end something, just go and that's why we drink. You know? Yeah, honestly. How did we literally never do that? Well, and that's why I drink. Okay. Great. <laughs> that's <laughs> why. Did I do it? I kind of, yeah. You said kind of our start, the title of our oh. show. Okay, I'll I'll say it again. Wait, say something that makes me drink. Uh, that we haven't come. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is why we don't pre-plan anything. Okay, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. Man, it took us almost three hundred episodes to find a way to end these. Ugh, and, and that's, that's why, why we drink. drink. <laughs> we've had a long time to practice and have just done none of it maybe i'll say it and then you say and that's why we drink okay 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 catch catch us on on patreon after this if you'd like to watch our after chats if you like to watch more of this bullshit okay (laughs) god it's god it took us 300 episodes and i we took us 300 episodes to finally find a way to end these episodes 
That's oh, the worst it. way of saying that. <laughs> okay. And and that's why we No, I can't do it. And that's we'll why we drink. BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.